LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm joined by Jessica. And tonight we're going to be wrapping up season six of Game of Thrones. And uh, Jessica, I was uh, sitting down on the toilet today. And I had my phone in my hand, and I was yes. looking at all the lovely things that the listeners had to say about Game of Thrones and some of the not-so-lovely things. And I thought, there's a lot to talk about, but I'm always nervous about these. I'm always wondering how episodes like this are going to transpire, because you're not just following the old plot line going through the scenes. you got to actually be good at radio. you got to actually have something to talk about and hope people don't shut it off because you're uh, a chucklehead. And uh, I finished up on the toilet, and then I thought to myself, we're only going to do this two more times. Two more times, and then Game of Thrones will be gone forever until they do some kind of spinoff in another time period, which I'm hopeful for because I'm a weirdo. But I heard they're making a movie about Robert's Rebellion already. A movie, huh? I I heard. Mm, Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I don't know much about that. But we got an agenda tonight. A little bit. Uh, I crowdsourced because I'm a hack. And I said, good listeners of the world, what should we talk about? What should we talk about on this podcast? And they responded, as they do. And I had some thoughts. The season as a whole, obviously, we want to talk about some of the major characters and what they did, how some of those stories have panned out, how those characters were and are, what worked, what didn't. Uh, Talking about some of the other seasons, maybe quickly running through some bullet points on each season. And uh, looking at the story structure as a whole, the impact of the showrunners being ahead of the books, despite having notes from the author in question, and, uh, you know, expectations for next season, maybe some predictions. We're going to talk about some listener comments and uh, things of that nature. And uh, we're finally going to talk about, do you know what we're going to talk about? Um, the show? The Deadpool. You oh, haven't yeah. been listening. Wow. Everything I just mentioned for the past five minutes was about the show. I was Googling Robert's Rebellion, the movie, uh, and getting information on who might be in the cast. You've been pretty distracted lately on these. You've been doodling away on your little typing away, reading comments, getting caught up in the chat. I'm, We're going to have to send you to school pretty soon and get you reeducated. Supposedly, Robert Baratheon is going to be played by Tom Hardy. Okay. I'm down. He was a hottie buck back in the day before he got fat. Tom Hardy? Yeah. Or Robert Baratheon? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, Robert Baratheon. Oh, my God. James McAvoy is Eddard Stark. Is this all real? Are you making shit up? I don't know. It's from youthhealthmag.com. Okay, I've heard enough. Close that shit. All right. All right. So uh, we're finally, since Jessica was not paying attention, we're finally going to talk. (laughs) This is life, by the way. (laughs) Jessica talks for a while, then I talk for a while, and we never actually talk. That's why we have a podcast. I made that up. I'm trying to make people feel like we're damaged. Uh, No, we're going to talk about the Deadpool. Finally. Of course, the Deadpool. What do you think? We have a Deadpool to talk about. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I've been looking forward to talking about the Deadpool for a while now. And um, the Deadpool coming, I should say. The season seven Deadpool, which uh, Marginson has been hard at work on. Mr. John Marginson, if you don't know, I'm just going to start calling him a producer at this point. He's not just a guy helping. He's a fucking producer. And uh, he's been putting together some stuff. And uh, he's he's got us on the right track, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff before we go and uh, how you can get on the Deadpool. So make sure you stick around for that. Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is just go with some high thoughts. 
And then, yeah, some up, up high in the air, looking down on the map of Westeros thoughts. Uh, I want to start by asking you, this season as a whole, Jessica, how do you think it compares to other seasons and how much do you like it? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about where you think it ranks because one of the things that happens with a spectacle of television, especially a television show like this, is that you start to experience these crazy emotions when you have a Sept of Baylor scene and everything blows up and mm-hmm. you think this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But then Which when you it is. sure. But then when you start to think about overall the storyline, and this is to our listener and uh an LSG Illuminati member, Keith Bonneau. He trolls me all the time. He does, yeah. He likes it. You you make it too easy for him. It's just too easy. He always picks on me every day. Do you understand how trolls work? You, I know. If you don't feed them, they go elsewhere to feed. And all I do is just keep feeding into his shit. Oh, and he's eating it up. He's growing oh, larger. Keith. He's sprouting extra limbs and longer teeth. I know. <laughs> oh, it's my shit. fault. But uh, yeah, uh, he had some good thoughts about you know what what is what is the season. So we'll talk about that. We of course have listener comments to get to. So yeah, I had to comment on that before the podcast due to the factor that I keep feeding into Keith, making fun of me. <laughs> so uh, go go ahead, give me your overall impressions of season six and how it stacks up, and uh, and then we'll get right into what worked and what didn't this year. I've thought about this quite a bit where this season ranks as a whole and I can't rank the seasons in a particular order so please don't ask me to do it because I'm not prepared maybe we'll do that on like a preview podcast some other time but I do know what my favorite season of Game of Thrones is and bar none it's very simple so I think of how seasons compare to that one we'll talk about some other seasons too in fact I'm probably going to talk a little bit about every season oh okay yeah, then that'll be kind of cool. good but talk but tell me about so, so you're thinking this is not your not your favorite season? No, not your worst season. No, you you hesitated. No, it's not my worst favorite season. I'm trying to think of what is my worst favorite season. That's the problem is I didn't kind of think of them in order. But I don't feel like this is my worst favorite. Okay. Um, I feel like this season started out really, really strong and ended really strong. We started with two to three. I mean, even the first four or five episodes were really good. And then we really went downhill fast. Sure. And then the last two episodes, we really picked it up. Okay. But there was a lot of really boring stuff. And I, I shit on season five a lot for being boring. And when I rewatched it in like a binge watching fashion, I didn't think it was as bad. And maybe I'll feel that way about the middle of this season. But I don't know. Maybe I won't. Okay. Um, I, I think this season's better than season five. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's do this now, because to give a frame of reference here and to jog memory, let me give you a recap of the seasons. Go. And uh, this might take a little bit of while, but we'll, we'll, if you have anything to say about each of the seasons, we might want to do that. But I think this would be fun for people to sort of relive the seasons. Maybe I can rank them this way if you give me um... a... It's easy to get pulled into the woods and to forget about things as... Uh, when, when you podcast, I don't know about people at home or what kind of distractions you have, but I'll tell you what, my memory is such bullshit when it comes to this stuff <clears throat> because I'm always looking forward to the next show, which is a problem <laughs> because I'm constantly forgetting like, when did that happen? When did this happen? I got a movie to do on Wednesday. What what, what happened in that? And uh, I'm, I'm constantly ejecting things out of my memory to make room for the next thing I have to talk about. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised going through doing some of these notes. And uh, here we go. Season one, Brand gets... Bran gets thrown out of a window by uh, sibling fuckers, right? Yep. Hashtag team incest. Team incest. 
Robert wants Ned as his hand. John Aaron dies. The Lannisters get blamed by Catelyn Stark. We meet Lissa Aaron. Bronn fights for Tyrion. Tyrion fights for Catelyn later on when they leave. Ned is stabbed by Jamie's men. Jamie flees. Ned rules in Robert's stead while Robert hunts. Robert's killed on a hunt. Ned learns about the parentage of Joff, Tom, and Marcella. Gives Cersei an out. She doesn't take it, obviously. Ned relies on Baelish to get the city watch on his side so he can go in and say, listen, you're illegitimate. This is over. Sorry. Well, that doesn't work because Ned gets a blade held up to his throat by your lover and friend, Peter Baelish. And then and then we have um, Rob starts a war. Ned confesses to save Sansa and Arya. It does him no good. He's executed. Jamie's captured. The North does what we like to call Nexit. They secede from the... They secede from the European Union. No, they secede from Westeros by declaring themselves as kings. And then, of course, John leaves for the wall. Uh, he's going to leave the wall, but his pals stop him and make him say their fucking weird prayers. Aww. And here's what happens to Danny: She gets sold. She gets pregnant. She gets rid of her brother. She has dragon eggs. She loses her husband, loses her baby, gains dragons after killing witches. So that's season one. Mm-hmm. Season one has a special place in my heart, and a lot of that rests on the shoulders of Sean Bean. Um but largely considered better than season two by most people. And in season two, do you have anything you want to say about season one or are you just going to chat away? You're typing. I'm it's listening. driving me fucking crazy. I'm sorry. I got to be honest with you. All right. Don't Thank yell you. at me. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to you. You're fucking typing. I'm listening. Jesus. Is no, you're not. I you can't say type about and listen. Season one. Yes, I can. You want to bet. She's fired. Subhost opening is starting Monday. Now taking applications. Send them to hosts at net, And please send me a sample of your uh, vocal prowess. If it's better... And Jessica's, which it probably is. If you listen if while you I talk, then one hundred percent you can be on the next season because officially Jessica's fired after this podcast. And Friday is a good day to fire people. Um, yeah, I guess I've heard that. The chat says, know. "Poor Jess, poor me. I got to work with her." Whatever. All right. Season one also has a special place in my heart because it's the first season. It's what started this. It's very nostalgic for me already. Only six years out. Like, I'm right. like, oh, remember when we first watched this? And I don't know. Like, it was a, it was just a cool thing. And it was so different and so unlike anything I had ever seen. And Sean Bean is something else. And the fact that you have Sean Bean and then you decapitate him Balls in episode shit. nine, uh, that to me tells you what type of show this is. And it really puts, it, it puts it in a, a place where you're like, okay, this is what, what's about to happen. This yeah. is the thing I'm watching. This is, nothing like I've ever seen. And we see shows that kill people. Right. And most of them turn into The Walking Dead. Um, (laughs) That becomes the gimmick. But this one really hasn't quite yet. Yeah. Season one does something and it says, this is the kind of show we're going to do. The guy on the poster, the guy on the DVD, he's dead. We're going to chop his head off. And we sometimes forget about that as we're watching this because there's a lot of, and, and this is to Keith's point, there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, some fan service and then you this he's convinced this isn't going to end happily and i think that it might not and that's something we're going to talk about when we get into some predictions going forward but that precedent is set so early in this show season one does not end happily for you at all except you go ooh, this girl has shitty looking cg dragons and uh, the main guy's dead i mean we know people personally that stop watching because of that they just can't wrap their head around that and they don't know how to move forward which is funny but um, we uh, we pressed on there. What's what's interesting about I don't know. There, there are TV shows that try to do this this certain thing with the killing off of the characters and 
killing off of major characters. And I think that that's a problem we had with season six, where we saw characters live despite overwhelming odds against them. I see. A.K.A. Arya. Okay. I think that that was a problem because okay. that's something that I liked about the show. Um, and that's something that annoys me about The Walking Dead. And it's something where like like a TV show like Lost was kind of on a fine line where they're like, yeah, we'll kill our main characters, but kind of, but not really, but sometimes. You right. know what I mean? Whereas yeah, They didn't have the balls to... Game of Thrones is like, we're really going to do it. Mm-hmm. And not even in a finale. We don't even care. We're not even going to wait. And you know what? Here's why Game of Thrones is so interesting about that before I move into season two here is, is that it, they make a decision that they, they... The source material is done. Okay, the, at least at least George R. R. Martin claims to know how it all ends, and George R. R. Martin doesn't give a shit about your ratings. He doesn't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Once you get into the second, third seasons of a show that you don't really have an end for, it starts to become well, these characters trend, and it will often this character lose an audience. Will we lose ratings? Will I mean that's something that they just can't give a shit about because George R. R. Martin certainly doesn't. But I feel like this season where they really strayed from the books is where we started to see this. Maybe they did a little. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like George R. R. Martin would have been like, hey, I wouldn't have put Arya in the situation. I would have just killed her. Sure. Or, and I know the Hound comes back to life. I know Jon Snow is probably going to come back to life in the books. And I'm okay with that stuff, too. There's a precedent for it, and that's fine. But I feel like that this season was less ballsy than the rest. And I think it's because we have strayed away from the books. I like it. Season two, season two kicks off with uh, Rob kicking ass. He wins three major battles. He offers peace for independence. Meanwhile, you got Danny's people toiling away in the red wastes forever. Theon, we learn that Theon is despised by his family. We meet Gilly, Craster. Arya takes to the road with Gendry and Hot Pie. Stannis gets all red weird and claims Iron Throne, calling all the kids bastards. We meet Brienne through Renly by way of Catelyn. I don't want to say that again. Whoa. Theon decides to attack the North with his people. Uh, pressure from his father, of course. Arya is captured by the Lannisters while on the road. We meet Jockin. Renly dies. Danny doesn't do anything. We meet Igrit. We meet Talia, which is, of course, Rob's wife-to-be. More, more Karth nonsense. Theon lies about Bran and Rickon. Jon gets captured. Uh, Catelyn frees Jaime into the custody of Brienne. Stannis prepares to attack King's Landing. We do have the Battle of the Blackwater. Uh, Tyrion blows up ships. Stannis' attack is thwarted by the reserves of House Tyrell and House Lannister. Joffrey dumps Sansa for Marjorie. Jon kills uh, Corn Halfhand. <laughs> Theon gets betrayed. Osha and Hodor take the kids north. Okay, so so far my orders go season one is better than season yeah, two. Season one is better than season two in my opinion as well. Um, uh, and uh, season two is funny because I-, I feel like if they shoot season two now, it's a lot different. Because one of the issues with season two is, is they did this, although the part of me likes the fact that they did this, is they showed the aftermath of Rob's battles. Did you notice that? Yes. One of the reasons I think Rob probably doesn't trend as hotly as somebody like John. I mean, there's a, quite a few reasons. Rob's handsome. But stuff. here's my point. <laughs> here's the actual <laughs> reason. And that's that Rob, we never get to see his battle prowess, just sort of the, the, the aftermath. And I think that hurt his story a little and why, I mean, obviously the Red Wedding is still shocking and you feel bad and you like Rob, but... uh, Did he marry that freaking nurse bitch? Come on. Yeah, stupid bitch. (laughs) But yeah, season two, I don't know. It's, um, it it definitely takes a bit of a dovetail. Um, And then season three starts. So John pronounces wilding loyalty to Man's Raider. Stannis throws Davos in jail because he tries to kill the Red Woman, if you remember. 
Barristan Selmy saves Danny and Astapor while she buys another army. Uh, Hoster Tully dies, the first old age death, I think, in the show. I remember who Hoster Tully is. So, uh, Catelyn's father. And they try to shoot the arrows. Oh, my God. And it's so funny. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I remember. That, that was right? hilarious. Um, we have Catelyn pisses off the car Starks. That comes back to haunt them th- two, three seasons later, which is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Mira and Jojen show up, your favorites. Oh, God. But I like Mira now. I feel bad that I talk shit about her, but I still hate Jojen. He's the worst. Arya gets grabbed by the Brotherhood Without Banners. Theon's torture begins and subsequent release capture torture. John is told to attack the wall. Jamie loses a hand after saving Brienne from rape. So this is the first thing I want to talk about right here. Oh, the Jamie and Brienne show. That Not just fun. the Jamie and Brienne show, because Jamie's still alive currently. Uh, Jamie's arc is interesting, and I know people hate on Jamie, but I'm such a big Jamie fan. I Ugh. think he's such an interesting character. I don't think I can marry you anymore. He go. He's such an interesting character because he has such an awesome dynamic. He starts off as this guy pushing the kid out of the window. You're like, what the fuck is with this sister fucking child killer? And then he he saves Ren from rape and it costs him his hand because he mouths off to, to uh, I want to call him Vargo Hope, but his name is Locke. And uh, it, it's an, it's the beginning of an interesting arc and, and one of the first of several honorable moves that Jamie does in this show. The Hound kills Beric Dondarrion. John bangs a grit. Rob executes the Karstark, the Lord Karstark. Tywin tries to marry Tyrion to Sansa because he wants to prevent Loras and Sansa from marrying. Smart Tywin, mm-hmm. as usual. Rob starts uh, with the whole Frey bullshit. Bran has to go north for the Three-Eyed Raven. Jamie saves Brienne again, right? Is that is this the bear and the maiden fair? Or maybe, Hashtag, uh, yeah, when he saves her from a bear eating her. I think so. Is that yet? Maybe not yet. Uh, Hound captures Arya, who fled with the Brotherhood without banners. Uh, Sansa and Tyrion marry, right? Yeah. And they get the little stool out for him. Danny gets a couple armies. She doesn't do anything. Red wedding, obviously. Mm-hmm. He grit and John have a breakup with arrows. I and then a, grit uh, every a, day. a bunch of uh, brown people call Danny Misa. Misa, 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 mother, mother. Yep, that's how it ends the season. I remember. Season three, I mean, that is fucking shocking. That's Red a sh- wedding? Yeah, it's shocking. Oh, yeah. They end that show, no sound, just the credits. Episode Everyone's- nine again. Every yep, everyone's jaws are agape. Season three, it definitely bounces back. I agree. Um, and the thing I like about the trajectories here is is that we see these decisions of the heart cause people their lives. Yeah, Rob Car Stark. Stark. Yep, Lord Carstock, Rob Rob Stark. Uh, you know, Jamie does an honorable thing; it costs him his hand. And this is George R. R. Martin through and through. He just punishes any good deeds that any good deeds that happen. Season four, well. You know how I feel about season four. One of my personal favorites. It is my number one with a bullet. Yeah, it's pretty damn close. Oberyn shows up. The Hound eats a lot of chicken. Arya kills Polliver. Roose wants the Stark kids dead to solidify his claim on the north. Bran continues to trek north. Melisandre burns up some some relatives of her uh, man. Tyrion dumps Shay. Bronn teaches Jaime how to use his left hand. Joffrey is poisoned. Tyrion is arrested. Jon has to take care of Tanner, the, the mutineer. The Iron Bank tells Stannis to pound sand, but then Davo steps in and fixes things, as usual. Danny crucifies some people and breaks some chains. Marjorie S's Tommen's D before Cersei can jump in. <laughs> Brienne is dispatched to find and return Sansa safely by Jamie. Another honorable move by Jamie. Jamie can suck it. You're such a fucking freak. Yeah, I hate Jamie right now. Whatever. It'll probably change. Wow. 
it's good that you have um, layers in, in, in parody in your opinions and not hardline stances. I'll talk all about Jamie when we get to the season. The Hound, Sorry, you're going to ignore, ignore five other seasons? I can talk about him as a whole and how I liked him sometimes and I hate him now. Okay. Sorry, chat. Is there anybody you've always liked? You've all, you've hated and liked everyone, I think. That's not true. There are some people I've always loved. I'm waiting for them for you to tell me. Tell me right now. Ghost. That's not a person. That's a dog. The Hound. Okay. You've always loved the Hound. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have a dog, so you picked the guy with a fucking dog name. <laughs> Tyrion, obviously. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Oberyn Martell. Did you love Tyrion season six? Be, be honest. He was a little boring. It's true. Mm. So did you hate him in season six? No. You've never used the H word with that little man. Never. I, I love him. All right. Keep going. No, is he keep telling you people? Yes. Because I demand to know. I so, liked Oberyn the whole time Oberyn was on So the far show. you've got a man named the dog <laughs> and you have Tyrion. No, Oberyn Martell. Okay. Fair enough. I liked him the whole time. He lasted nine episodes. And I was going to say Brienne, but that's not true because I hated her when she was a pod. Wow. What about Jorah? I probably hated Jorah at a point, too. Yeah, probably. When he was doing, like, boring shit with Khaleesi. Oh, fuck. I think I got you. I think you have to admit it. Oh, Lady Olena. I liked her. Yeah, somebody in the chat just said something about her, so. Yeah, I, I've always liked Davos. I've never disliked Davos, but, like, I was indifferent towards him at first. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm, people in the chat are suggesting names, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was indifferent towards Davos, and Dean used to get mad at me because he loved Davos, and I was indifferent. The Hound and Arya Roadshow continues. Tanner is killed by John. Uh, in glorious fashion. Hodor kills Locke in glorious fashion. Danny's dragons get crazy as she tries to rule Marine. They burn goats and children. Uh, Theon refuses to be rescued by Yara. Yara's brazen move to the Dreadfort. Was it the Dreadfort? Or were they in Winterfell at that point? There were. Yeah. I, don't mm, I don't remember either. Um, Theon refuses to be rescued. The Hound is wanted by Tywin. X puts a price on his head. Uh, Tyrion's trial. He demands trial about combat. Oberyn comes in. Danny bones Dario before sending Ugh. him off to Yunkai to take care of some shit. That was the worst part of the season. Baelish, Baelish tosses Lissa, Lissa down a fucking shaft. Oh, I've always loved Baelish. That concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> so concerned. Wildlings kill a bunch of people in Molestown um, because they're heroes. Uh, Sam's lady Gilly is spared by Egrit. Which was cool. I remember that scene. I think I always loved Egret too. Okay. Ironborn surrender Moat Kalen to Reek. Ramsey Snow uh, begets Ramsey Bolton by way of Roos. Oberyn has his head squashed like a grape. Tyrion sentenced to death. Watchers on the wall happens. Ollie kills Egret. Sweet, sweet, sweet Ollie. Stannis guy. grabs Mance. Jojen is killed. Children help. Hound is defeated by Brienne. Thought dead. Frankenmountain is born. Tywin is killed. Arya goes to Bravos. Oh, I thought it was the I always loved. So much shit happens in that season. Priority for, oh, Torment, Giant Spain. I haven't hated him yet. I like it. So season four. So so far, season one, two, three, and four. What order do you put them in at this point? Okay, so season four is absolutely my number one. Okay. So from these seasons, it goes four, one, three, two. I like it. Um, four, though, is is far and away my favorite season no question nothing will ever top it i don't think yeah i, I especially when i rewatched it I, I couldn't believe how fucking good it was yeah it's it's pretty good uh one of the things i like about season three and four um yeah yeah Ty, i remember tywin comes in he has that really great entrance the season where i think it's episode seven where ned gets grabbed 
and in the beginning of that episode, uh, I mean, episode, uh, season one, episode around seven, and I think that's the one where we have Tywin gutting the deer or the quote stag, which is kind of interesting as he's telling Jamie, you fucking idiot, this is not how you get things done. Uh, Tywin's presence has always been good and he's certainly missed from the later seasons. And that's something I want to talk about, uh, what Charles Dance brought to the table. But I'm pretty close to you. I might go one, four. You like season one, but oh my God. One, four, three, two. But I'm more lean towards four, one, three, two. Yeah, my my only beef is where to put two and six, honestly, because five is going to be last for me for okay. sure. So let's. What happens in season five? Well, I'll tell you. Cersei's, nothing. Cersei's prophecy. Uh, Maggie the Frog. Brother Lancel shows up, all jacked and head shaved. Um, Tyrion and Varys go to meet Danny. Who cares? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't say that every time I say something. Fighting pit crap. Dragons go to timeout. Sons of the Harpy start <laughs> fucking goofing off. Jorah gets exiled. Oh, no. Oh, no, Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> Arya starts her training. Stannis tries to legitimize Jon. He won't have it. Oh, Jon yeah. becomes Lord Commander. Thanks Jessica to, likes Stannis. Thanks to the Lord Commander. Marjorie tries to send Cersei back to the Rock via Tommen by S&S D some more. Bran tries <laughs> to help Sansa at an inn. That does not go well. Stannis plans to take Winterfell and then King's Landing. Slint is executed. Dorne bores me. Jorah wants to take Tyrion <laughs> to Danny. More fighting pit nonsense. Barristan Selmy is killed fighting in an alleyway. Tormund allies with the Night's Watch. Sparrow stuff begins. Sansa has beautiful and passionate marriage sex with Ramsay Bolton. Very beautiful. <laughs> it's glorious and lovely. And I just heard waterfalls and flute music as they made sweet, 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 passionate love. Cersei's imprisoned. Hard home happens, which blows everyone's minds at home. Stannis is sabotaged on the eve of his march. Jamie and Bronn head home from Dorne, thank God. Marcella gets a fatal nosebleed. More fighting pick bullshit, but this time dragons show up and burn people. Uh, Shireen's burned alive. Stannis is defeated. Theon kills Hillary hip bones. Who's that? Oh, oh. Miranda. Thank you. Arya kills Maren fucking Trent. She gets blinded for it. And then the mutiny against Jon as he gets the old stabby stab in the dark. Which is cool. It was a good finale. Good finale. Um, but your, your season five overall for you? Yep. Nope. Thumbs down. What do you attribute that to? Can we? Can you tell me a little bit about that? I, I just feel like so many characters were doing nothing and doing boring shit. For example? Arya. Danny. Yep. Like when Danny's Dorn. doing boring. Dorn, I'm not even going to justify with saying it. Because if you don't think Dorn was boring, I just, you disgust me as a human. What's the southernmost house in Westeros, Jessica? Go. I don't know. <laughs> No, Dorn sucks. It's fucking awful. And you know what? When you have Jamie do this bullshit for a season, it's a waste of my time, honestly. Yeah. If you're going to talk to me about Jamie as this big, important character, blah, 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 he's got a story arc. So I like Jamie. And then he goes to Dorn. I'm bored by Jamie. And then this season, I'm like, ugh, I don't even like Jamie anymore. So you blame where Jamie was? You blame the writing for? I mean, no, I, I just don't understand why Jamie had to go there and I had to be bored by him so, and bored by Braun, who I liked, and I had to see those stupid sand snakes that I hate. I hate what they did to Ilaria Sand, how she was an awesome character and then they made her into a shitty character, except now she might be awesome again because she's working for Danny and girls rule the world, but we'll get there. Um, so that's what I have to say about that. Alaria Sand was a certain way in season four, and she was a completely different human being in season five. It's like a freaking body snatcher took over her body. Who? Alaria Sand. Yeah, I know. It really pisses me off, honestly. It still makes me mad to this day. That's what I have to say about that. You all right? 
I'm just telling you're, you I'm how I feel. I'm sensing real high blood pressure tonight. You're hating everything. Do you like Game of Thrones? I, I love Game of Thrones. Okay, just checking. I have to be honest about things that I According don't like. According to Keith, you, you are never objective. So. Yeah, Keith says that I'm a fangirl, so. <laughs> I think you're just a fangirl of Keith at this point, which would be fair. He's a he's a hungry, hungry troll. <laughs> he's not even in the chat. I'm like, look at how much time he's had. He will to smile to podcast. himself as he listens to it. But he won't admit to it. Well, of he course won't admit not. To his that, smile. that ends the game. The game, the game ends thus. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't love Dorn, and Dorn had potential because I like the idea of Dorn. I like the people of Dorn, Oberyn. If if I thought to myself, if this Dorn place is anything like this Oberyn character, I am pumped. And uh, it ended up being a fucking snooze fest, except when that sand snake put her boob through the gate. Um, it was not not very exciting. Which brings us to the season in question, doesn't it? Yeah. Brienne kills some Bolton men while rescuing Sansa and Reek. Tristan is killed by the Sand Snakes, uh, as is Prince Doran and Hota. Danny's fleet gets burned at, at anchor. Jorah and Dario roadshow to rescue Danny. Arya begs and gets beaten up by the waif. Melisandre is an old crone. Ramsay murders Roos, his fat young wife, and that annoying baby. Euron murders Balon. More Arya beatings. Astapor and Yenkai go all slavery again. And uh, besides, he wants to do their own laundry, honestly. Tyrion frees some dragons. John wakes up. So early on in the season, by the way. Uh, second episode. Mm-hmm. Lots of hangings and one disturbing uh, one of sweet, sweet, gentle Prince Ollie. Sam gets on a boat to go home and eat bread and steal legendary weapons. Gilly plays dress-ups. Her Arthur, my panties flew off. Dane makes an appearance. All that tower flashback stuff. Dosh clean crap. Varys learns who has been funding the Sons of the Harpy. Astapor and Yinkai, duh. Jamie and Cersei are shunned by the small council. Arya trains and Ramsay gets a gift in the form of Rickon and a wolf head. Sansa and Jon reunite. Osh is killed. Tyrion negotiates for an end to slavery. Ramsay, gentle soul and poet, composes a lovely ballad called Come and See. Sparrows locking <laughs> dudes up. Theon gets back to Pike, supports Sissy. Children create White Walkers to fight against the First Men. Euron is now Greyjoy King. Theon and Sissy split, hold the door, R.I.P. Summer. Cold hands, Ari gets into acting. Jamie rides up the sept. Like most fucking kids who nobody loves, you know? They end up in drama. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Wait a second. <laughs> I felt bad after I said it. That's not right. There are probably Jamie, people in this chat who you know the, the ones. drama. You know it's not the just ones. me. They'll give you a handy backstage. Jamie rides up the sep, uh, steps like a badass, but Marjorie deflates his boner. Tom and Boots, Jamie from the Kingsguard, sends him off to deal with the Blackfish, which he does. Uh, Sparrow gets balls deep into Tommen. Danny gets another army. Elena leaves on Marjorie's suggestion and heads to Dorne. John goes on a comeback tour of the north and nets a whopping 62 bears. Arya, <laughs> From the greatest human being of all time, Leanna Mormont. Don't Arya, you brush past that. Arya's stabby stabbed, uh, but don't worry, she's fine. Sandor is back. Yay. Brothers Without Banners are back. Yay. Tribal Combat gets abolished. Boo. Jamie and then Brienne fail to persuade the Blackfish. Jamie gets to Edmer, who surrenders. Bran escapes. Varys leaves Tyrion. Marine is siege. Arya kills the waif and is still Arya. Battle of the Bastards, Winds of Winter. Mm. Cersei kills everyone. Well, give me your give me your season order at this point. <sighs> I'm I'm still torn and it may still be emotions, but I'm going to go four one three six two five. Four one three six two five. Because it starts so strong and it ends so strong, 
and I know the middle's crap, but there's so much that I, I feel like I can't put it behind season two where they didn't have some of the stuff that we had in this one. I like it. It's it's a pretty good pick. Five is at the end for me. Oh, 100%. I can't decide on six and two. That was my problem, but I feel confident right now with my order the way it is. Because the it's, Battle of the Bastards is so good. Yeah. Um, the, the premiere is so good. I, I don't know. It, it it really has some some really great high points. It has some really low points too, but the high points are really high. Like season four level high, some of these high points. Yeah. I could easily say I could say one four one three six two five like you. I could also say one four three six two five. Four and one are interchangeable for me. Not it's me. it's such a season one was such a breath of fresh air, the timing of it. Uh but now that we've got kind of a recap on the seasons, how do you think over the seasons, what are some standout characters who've had great arcs over the seasons? When I when I ask you about characters and how they've gone, who jumps to mind when season six is over? Who jumps to mind as a character who has grown and had a significant arc? I, I mean, I can give you two off the top of my head. Start with one. Tyrion. I like it. I, I feel like Tyrion's had, and I know there's been some boring shit with Tyrion the yeah, last season, couple of seasons. You know what's ironic? One of my favorite characters, and this is one of his worst seasons, right? Uh, yeah, he doesn't do anything this season. He doesn't do shit, does he? Nothing, but except there's the, to me like the stuff with Tyrion is is that moment he has with the dragons, uh, which I, I want to talk about that tonight a lot. Actually, um, that's something that I loved, and it, it, it's so fitting for his character and the conversation he has with Danny, where she gives him the hand of the kingpin. Um, I feel like that we've really come a long way with Tyrion, and I, I feel like his character arc and his growth and where he is. Um, in preparation for this podcast, I I listened to the podcast we did about episode one and where Dean and I were thinking episode one when the season was not episode one of this season of season six of season, of season six. Gotcha. At the beginning of the season, how we felt, what we were thinking about, and in that, yeah, it opens on Davos finding John's right, corpse. Yeah, right. And in that episode, and I didn't listen to the whole thing. I didn't have time because I did other stuff too that involves this podcast and also my my work life and such, but. In that podcast, we talk about Tyrion and where he's ended up and that we think he's going to stay with Danny. And I said, we're going to get to a point where Tyrion and Jamie are on opposite sides of a battle. And I still feel like that is to come. Yeah. And I feel like that's incredible that we have gone through this whole up and down everything with Tyrion. We're in season four. Jamie saves him. And they are Tyrion has denounced his name basically as a Lannister. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what kind of significant changes have, has Tyrion had that you think w- specifically about Tyrion? Look at where he was. Look at where he is. Because Brent brought something up. He says, I kind of feel like he's the same guy always. Always good, always not just a good guy with a good cause. Do you think there's any parody in Tyrion? No, he, he always has been, but you have to... S- that doesn't mean he's not a good character. I just want to make that clear, in my opinion. Right, and I'm not saying he per se has, has changed his outlook in general or nobody has he went from being somebody with nothing to believe in yeah like trying to to hope for a better world for something more and it not being there in fighting against these people who are so different than him but he had to answer to right to going somewhere and to seeing that there is that thing that he he dreamed about and he always wanted and that he can work for that instead i think being a lannister and going to work for the targaryens is a pretty big thing yeah you know uh I think a lot about Tyrion because the, the the first thing is is that Peter Dinklage is as actors go 
I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be Dinklage, it's got to be Bean, and it's got to be, it's got to be Charles Dance, just from a sheer, sheer thespians, right? They're so good when they're on screen, and I think that brings a lot of weight to their characters. Uh, and 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 I know I, you guys know I'm a fan of Tywin Lannister. I'm a fan of Charles Dance. The character is so interesting to me uh, because of the, the the shit he's willing to do, and the and the there's in the in the awfulness of him at the same time. And uh, that's what fascinates me about him. But but let me talk about Tyrion too. I feel like we are introduced to Tyrion as almost like this clown. Uh, in the first season, he goes to Winterfell. He's not happy to be there. He's fucking chicks. And his brother has the armor on. His brother's handsome. His brother's there in official gold cloak capacity. Uh, and and you and you think, oh, he's going to... This Tyrion guy, he's going to be... Obviously, if you've read it, you knew. But you're, you're thinking, is this the comic relief character? Is this the fuck up? Is this the, I got born into this rich and privileged world and I could give a fi- flying fuck about it? How do you inspire a character like that? How do you make a character like that become inspired? And I think we see a lot of that in season two, which is funny because one of my least favorite seasons is one of Tyrion's best. Two of my least favorite seasons are two of Tyrion's best, right? Two, he's good in two, he's good in, oh no, he's bad in six, what I'm talking about. Tyrion's best season is season four, which is the best season of Game of Thrones. And I think there's a reason why that's the best season and why it's Tyrion's best season because of how how wonderful Peter Dinklage is. I think that matters. And Charles Dance. Yeah. I, I think that that says something about why season four is at the top of all of our rankings here. One of the things that's interesting too about Tyrion is, is that he, his decision to travel to the wall, his decision to do certain things made him somebody who is interesting. He gets thrust into this thing when he is unwittingly accused of murder by fucking Catelyn Stark. She was convinced it was him has him arrested for no reason. As soon as Tyrion starts to get persecuted, he becomes interesting to me. Because I think, how interesting is this show that I love Ned Stark and I'm and I'm hoping that the Starks do well because I've seen nothing but treachery from the Lannisters. But now we have this woman, Catelyn Stark, who I'm supposed to like because she's Ned's wife, right? Oh, well, wait a second, maybe not. Maybe some of her decisions are a bit rash. Her treatment of Jon, the way she accuses Tyrion... As soon as Tyrion gets persecuted openly, and, hit, and, that's, and that continues for the rest of the show, right? Because of the way he is. He gets persecuted by his own father, his own sister. The people, uh, Joffrey, they fucking hate him. And um, that underdog mentality, despite being born with a silver spoon, or in his case, a gold one, is, is what makes him interesting to me. That's what makes him interesting to me. And watching him have to navigate this, he can't just up and leave his family and go out there because he's going to get his dick chopped off by cock merchants. So he has to figure out a way to navigate this Game of Thrones and not devolve into a nihilistic drunk who just fucks chicks. He has to overcome that thing, and I think that's why he continues to be interesting. Which is what he did in season five. He just became the drunk who was freshly out of the box, and that, again, season five is 100% my worst favorite season. I think that that's interesting that the the Tyrion we get and right yeah and, and who is your second character oh did you want to say something else about him just that it's unfortunate that in this season Tyrion did not have a lot to do um, other than a couple of different episodes where where he was he was great I don't feel like he had a lot to work with yeah I agree and sorry I just lost my computer no it's the monitor just touch that little thing that no I just there yeah. you go and it'll come back but continue what you were saying um. 
it's unfortunate that Tyrion did not have a lot to do this this season, um, save a couple of moments that were great. He's still wonderful every time he's on screen, sure. even when he's doing boring shit, like asking yeah, that woman if he could English. eat her baby because he can't speak Valerian or whatever. Right. But I think if we have Tyrion doing more and doing greater things, it makes for a better season. And I feel like that that's where we're headed. I feel like this going to Westeros with Danny and Tyrion by her side is really building for something great. Right. Um, obviously, I'm not going to get into the whole stupid evil thing that we did with Cersei before. But when I think back on these seasons, I think of Tywin Lannister as somebody who was always interested in the furtherment of his house, no matter what that meant. And it's funny because we know that Cersei loved her kids. And I'm not sure Tywin loved his kids, but he wanted what was best for them in his eye. Not saying it was best for them, but in his opinion, these things needed to be done to secure the Tywin Lannister, the, the, the House Lannister future. And it's funny thinking about the depths he was willing to go to and how Cersei almost is a representation of that in a, in a more awful way because of the things she did, which is interesting. But yeah, I thought, I've been thinking a lot about that. You said, who was the second character you had? I was thinking about Sansa. Wow. Yeah. Do tell. I hated Sansa forever. Like forever. That's because you liked, you related to the Arya character more than the Sansa character. A hundred percent. And also Sansa was an annoying little bitch. Mm. Do you not remember her? I absolutely do. You want to marry do. Joffrey. Oh god. I want to have his babies. Oh, my dire wolf's going to get beheaded because I'm a bad person. Not really. <laughs> that's not why it happened, but whatever, you know. Sansa was so flighty and so just such a mess the first season and then we get to the point where she's going to be married to Joffrey and then she's being thrown around to all these different men. And at so many points throughout this podcast, I have said Sansa has had it worst of all the Starks because of the circumstances she has been in. It's been awful. And she has been powerless or not willing yeah. to be powerful to fight for herself. And then last season, we started to get the hints of Sansa becoming more after the death of Lisa Aaron. Yeah. And working with Baelish and learning from him sure. that manipulation. That's her tool. She's not, she has no martial skill uh, or that wasn't last season. That was no, the season know, before, you but you know what I mean? And then we see Littlefinger marry her off and her being back in a similar situation to the one she was in before, except now she's getting raped and with a sadistic, horrible human being, but right. still being married off to somebody because it's the best thing for other people. Um, such, and we, is, such is the women's lot in life but in it's, this realm. But it's different here. We watch her trying to do things to get herself out, putting the candle in the window, wanting to stab Ramsey, like grabbing that thing so she can stab somebody. Um, you know, wanting to at least make a move. Yeah. And then, you know, they get away. We see them run away. We watch her take Brienne in as opposed... We watch originally she was uninterested in Brienne, but after going through what she went through with Ramsey, she's like, I cannot trust these men. Yeah. Okay, Brienne, like, let's do this shit. We watch her go to the wall. We watch her be strategic, be smart, be manipulative. Mm -hmm. I know she does shit that people don't like. Yeah, but that makes her. And I know well, people that rounds are down out. on Sansa. That her out. But I, I, Sansa's a character that I did not care about, and now I'm so interested in her and what's going to happen with her. And I, I really feel like she has come a very, very long way. I want to talk about her because I think you bring up a good point with Sansa. I think one of the interesting things about her is is that. Every time we saw her on screen, it was to watch her endure some hardship. And that's that was her character. It was hard mm -hmm. to watch her. She was whenever whenever Theon Reek was on screen once he was captured, it was painful to watch. I feel like he she, he endured, of course, the psychological pain there well as well, but he endured all this pain over this 
period of time. And it was, you just kept waiting for something to happen, either kill the guy or let him escape. It becomes a task to watch. Yes. And that's how I felt with Sansa early. I was like, this is a task to continually watch her be mistreated by Joffrey and everyone else and wonder what the fuck next for this girl. Yeah. And then you see her get something good and then she goes back into the same shit. Right. So imagine that being your life. And, And it's hard for us to wrap our head around any of this stuff. But sometimes I wonder about Sansa in that life and having all the that that's what's so twisted about this. And, and of course, I'm rereading the first novel and I'm, and I'm closing on and finishing it. And Sansa's dialogue and all her thoughts are about Joffrey. When when things get ugly at the Capitol and Ned's sending her away, she freaks out yeah, she when he sends stay. her when he sends her back to Winterfell. She freaks out because she doesn't want to go back there to her to become a woman, to grow up, to be mature is to be at King's Landing, to marry Joffrey, to have his babies. And the most fucked up thing of it all is is that the dreadful irony there is is that she gets her wish for a minute. She sees everything she ever wanted is handed to her, but it's not that. It's like a twisted satanic version. This, This kid who just delights in the torture of people who have no qualms with him, right? And that's, you know, that's one of the differences I feel between people like Joffrey and Ramsay versus Cersei. These people delight in the murder of people that are not oh. their enemies. I, I was going to say, I think Cersei really delighted in her oh, murder absolutely and the rape did. of Septa Ulna. Yeah, but her enemies. We already talked about but that. But not innocent girls running through the woods that they that they gun down with arrows and let dogs eat and Joffrey kills Roz and, you know, just, just weird psychotic things. Joffrey would have grown up to be Ramsay. Easily. It <laughs> worse. Just saying. Because he had more power. But uh, he probably would have taken up before then. But I guess my point in saying that is, is that that's Sansa. Everything you ever dreamed for is handed to you, but it's not what you thought it was. And now you must be thinking, now what? Mm-hmm. My father's dead. My mother's dead. My brother's dead. My sister's gone. My uncle's gone. You have nothing, and you have to figure out how to survive because you don't swing a fucking sword. Right. And that's why you all shit on Baelish. I know, you all do. But stop for a second. Because the reason why Sansa isn't this poor little girl who's like, I don't know what to do. What do I do? basically I'm fucked is because Littlefinger taught her that she could be powerful. Yeah. And so let's not, but whatever that, people are going to talk shit about Baelish, but yeah, but I whatever. think that's one of those things where he's trying to groom her for himself. Right. But she hopefully is going to move beyond that, but we'll see. We can talk about that. Uh, so yeah, those are the characters that jump out to you over time. I, I have to talk about Jon Snow. Sure. Go ahead. Cause he used to be a shitty actor yeah. and now he's a good one. He, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if I want to say shitty, but he's a young guy. He gets involved in this heavy dramatic production and he starts Never off- Never done anything except model underwear probably. One thing we do know is this, is, is that brooding characters, characters who simply brood and complain and don't act, they're usually not very sympathetic unless you're a teenage girl. Yeah, Angel on Buffy, hello. I and know. that was Jon Snow to me for a while, but I kept waiting for him to, I, I'm like, I know he's going to be awesome. And what a fucking great character- where we see these pieces of Ned in him start to come through for better or worse. We see him start to grow up. We see his natural leadership. We see him have to learn hard lessons. When even Alistair Thorne, even Alistair Thorne Thorne taught him lessons when he went in there and he just beat up all the Night's Watchmen. He's like, you think you're making friends like this? And that's when John starts to to realize, maybe if I teach these guys how to fight, and then he empowers these guys versus just beating them all up because... Because he's got that, he's got that, I'm Ned Stark's kid, I'm too cool, I'm going to just beat everyone up thing versus becoming a leader. 
and that was something that was refreshing to watch. Absolutely. And in I mean, obviously, from first season to season three, Daenerys is is a is a frightened little girl because who's under Viserys and under Cal Drogo, and she really changes over time. There's there's a lot of memorable moments like that. And the thing I like about Daenerys is is that we see the way she starts, where she was, and now it seems to be this direction she's going, which could be possible antagonist territory. So it'll be good to talk about that too. So I don't know. Is there um, any other characters you we, we we should probably get to? Major big I mean, characters. We can talk about Jamie at whatever yeah, point you want to talk about Jamie. We should. So as I mentioned, Jamie has done. Jamie is an interesting character because we know how he feels about Cersei, but we also know that he has honor in him. He's not. Jamie doesn't really do anything too treacherous besides push a kid out a window, but that's because that kid interrupted his sweet lovemaking. And yeah, how dare he? You know honestly. what? Brand got off light. Let's be real. I, as I said, I re-listened to our episode one of season six podcast and in it, Dean was talking about how at this point we all wish that Bran had died when he fell out of the window. Right. We should be grateful to Jamie. Right. So right. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, Dean, but that's what she said. I think that's when we started our hashtag like team incest or whatever we were saying. Yeah. One I don't of the, know when that was. One of the things I think, you know, in season six, part of the issue was, is, oh, there's just no parody in the villain of Ramsey. There's no sympathy. The the intrigue between him and his father, outside of him just killing Roos, we were never like, wow, how is this going to play out? It always turned out to, he's probably going to kill him. What you could say is hurts the story a little. When you have Ramsey, this guy, and that's what that's what the that's what the the takeaway people say. They say, oh, Ramsey was not sympathetic, therefore he's just not as good as a villain because he's straight evil. That's that's what they that's what people will. And what? So you're saying Jamie's a good villain because he has? No, no, I'm talking about I'm just talking about family dynamics because the Lannisters are not straight up the evil house that you're hoping gets bashed out of existence. But kind of. But not really, because you like Tyrion, you like Jamie, especially in those like mid seasons. But you do. <laughs> yes, you do. In those mid seasons you do. You like Jamie. You love Jamie, you said. I don't I, even know how many fucking times. I like Ramsey sometimes, like when he pets his dogs and stuff. To to try to get to my point that I don't want to belabor. In the house intrigue of Bolton is just not the same as the house intrigue of the Lannisters. The Lannisters are these sort of weird villains that you love still are interested in. Like Cersei, you love to hate yeah, her. Yeah, characters that you love to hate. We see this dynamic between Jamie and Tyrion and a different dynamic between Jamie and Tywin and a different one between Jamie and Cersei and how that all plays out. You never once think, oh, Jamie's just going to kill his dad and take over. But you always kind of had that in the back of your mind when it came down to Ramsay and Rue. So it just made them a little more, it made it more obvious, I think. It just that... That trajectory seemed to be coming. Okay, Ramsey's probably going to kill Roos. Ramsey's probably. Do you know what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, but it was fun when Ramsey was on yes, the show. It was fun, and I'm and that's my point is is that on paper I get people's points, but I don't care in practice because I think it's okay to sometimes have a straight villain when you're dealing with six seasons of television that you do a little fan service when he gets off. Let people fucking cheer for a second. It's okay, and that's the way I feel. But I'm just saying I understand the lack of depth compared to something like House Lannister and the interworkings of all of that in the in Cersei bucking what Tywin wants her to do and Jamie too and Tyrion too and the three of them at odds with each other and that's good writing that's good character dynamics and family dynamics to have that tension in that family but they're still ultimately on the same side for the most part with the exception of what happens with Tyrion and I guess that's my point mm-hmm. so where to now I don't know. I just want to say that I don't like Jamie this season. That's what I have to say. Okay. (laughs) 
Is it because he loves Cersei? Yes. Okay. It's not just that he loves Cersei. It's that, that that's boring, that that's his fucking thing. Like, I'm bored by that. This is boring. This makes Jamie not a good character. What to did me. he do? And he was boring in season five. But you need to quantify this because I'm not going to let you off the hook on this. When you say he's boring, I just don't understand. If he didn't say, I'll fucking kill a million goats to get to Cersei, if he didn't say that, would you still feel the same way? I feel like you. I feel like you're getting hung up on the fact that he said that to Ed Tully in that tent, and you that just really can't piss me right off. I can tell, and you, and, and, and I feel like you just can't get past it. I'm acting. I'm asking you to objectively tell me. Outside of that, what has he done? He got disbanded. He got booted from the Kingsguard. He went and miraculously took the fucking river run with one casualty in the Blackfish. Yeah, Blackfish was a badass. I miss him already. But I'm just saying, what I, I just. I'm so not into this being Jamie's character thing. What, like, I what? love Cersei. I'm going to do anything for Cersei. He went to River Run for Cersei because that's what Cersei asked him to do. He went to fucking Dorn for Cersei. No, no, that's, that's what, Cersei what Tommen asked him to wanted do. him to do, too. Fuck Tommen. Who cares? He's dead. Um, that's well, mean. I'm sorry, Tommen. How dare you with rubber lips? <laughs> R.I.P. I thought you loved him. I just hope Sir Pounce is okay. Don't do that with the wire. Um, anyway, since season, since Tyrion was freed and Jamie did something fucking awesome. All we've seen is Jamie do whatever Cersei asks him to do. I'm bored by this. Mm-hmm. I've had enough of it. Here's the highlight of Jamie for me in season six. Do you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. His conversation with Brienne. Best Jamie all season. Only part- time during the season where I was like, okay, Jamie, I'm on board with you right now. You're a cool guy. I like his relationship with Brienne. It's very fascinating to me. I still want Brienne to hook up with Tormund. Nobody get any ideas, but it's very interesting. And I watched a behind the scenes um, I watched a ton of behind the scenes stuff on HBO Go today and they were talking about this conversation between Jamie and Brienne and Benioff or Weiss. I don't know one of them. I don't know the difference between the two was talking about how they love each other like Brienne and Jamie. Sure. But nothing will ever come of it and they don't want to love each other, but they do and they can't help it because of this experience they had. And that's interesting. Jamie doing fucking everything under the sun for Cersei is not interesting to me anymore. Right. What's everything under the sun? You have to. Going you're, to Dorne, you're, going to River Run. Literally, Cersei says jump, and Jamie says how high. Right. That's all we've seen for two seasons of Jamie, a character that I hated and then grew to love. You've now made boring to me. The the first thing that Jamie does in Game of Thrones is something for Cersei, and he pushes Bran out the window. Yeah, and I, I hate the trajectory him. was set, right? But but no, because he strayed from that. Right, and that's where you think he's his most interesting. Yes, and that's why next season he's gonna kill Cersei. And I'm gonna be like, yay, Jamie. Do you think? Do you do you recognize any? What do you think about Jamie? Uh, your your hang up with Jamie and Cersei is well documented. I know. Tell me about Jamie outside of that, and what there, you like about what? Him. What Jamie is there outside of Cersei in the I'm, past two seasons, other than his conversation with Brienne and hanging out with Bronn with the Sand Snakes? I'm asking you to tell me. But that's the problem. None. Like to me, the last two seasons have been Jamie on missions because Cersei wanted him on missions. The end. Right. I liked his moment with Marcella so, when Marcella so died. Question. That was lovely. So stupid question. What if she didn't send him on these missions, and what if somebody else did? I mean, is that the hang-up? Is it the mission in question, or the fact that he's doing as Cersei told him to? Well, Dorne was boring. I'm fucking going to drill you on this. You better have answers. Dorne was boring, and it's always going to be boring no matter who sends him Okay, that's my point. So are you mad about Dorne, or are you mad that Cersei sent him? I'm mad about both in season five. Okay. So go back. So so all the stuff with River Run but, and but that But the stuff? moment with Marcella was lovely. That was that was good Jamie Lannister, and I, I still feel that way. Right, because the guy's a good actor. she was dying. Sure. That was great. But And that matters, too. That's interesting character to me. 
like what that means to him that his daughter is admitting she's his daughter. Right. Um, that's a that's a big win for him. I hate that Cersei sent him to River Run. He went just because Cersei sent him. I hate that he sat and complained saying, I am doing this because I love Cersei. We're the only two people in this world that matter. So blah, 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 blah. Do you think it's possible she sent him there knowing the fucking fate of the Sept of Baelor possibly? She had it planned, barring a potential issue with a trial by combat. I don't I don't think so. No? Okay. Because I'm just speculating. He was already gone when she was talking to Kyburn about yeah, yeah. that rumor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she you. when she sent him away, she was like, Hey, the mountain's just gonna kill some fool. We're cool. Like, see you later, honey. Right. She wanted her she wanted him to reestablish dominance for House Lannister. If Cersei knew there wasn't gonna be a trial by combat, I don't know if she would have sent Jamie away. I like it. But maybe she would have because Jamie, I don't think Jamie would have allowed what happened to happen. And that's why I have high hopes for Jamie still, because the way the season ended gave me hope that there's going to be conflict between Jamie and Cersei, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm going to love Jamie next season. I already can feel it. Right. So all this shit I've talked about him all night. Because it's you next know what? season I'm going to love him. It's hard to hate. It takes a lot of energy. I don't sometimes know. You just gotta, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta let that shit go. You just gotta, you gotta fucking furl up that sail and just push that fucker out to sea and let it put all your hate on that boat, Jess, and just let it go. I just know that next season I'm going to love Jamie. I just know it. I feel it in my heart by the way he looked at Cersei at the end of this so season. Jamie Lannister has been a character for six seasons. So because the last two were weak, you hate him. That's how I live. Okay. It's okay. how I live my life. Fair enough. You should know that by now. And I'm not so gonna... should the listeners, honestly. Fair enough. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm zeroing on it because I was hoping you would convince me. And here's the good news. You Do not remember the Stannis trajectory? Here, here's the good news. You didn't convince me. I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty high on Jamie. <laughs> I was nervous because, you know, sometimes you have great points. Can you explain to me why you're high on Jamie? Let's I, hear this. Because I've liked the character forever. And I've okay. Just, yeah. Tell me more. What I don't. You want me to tell you everything he's done? from? No, season I one want to you to tell six? me why you like him right now in season six. I don't I don't judge him based on his last record. I judge him on all of his records. Do you understand? Like if my favorite band puts out a bad CD, I don't go, fuck, ACC sucks now. I don't do that. But you stop buying their CDs. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's been maybe it's been not as high as it's been in the past. But I'm not ready to throw him out like you are at this point. Even though you're telling me you're already going to run back out the window and look for where you threw him, because he's probably going to be awesome again when him and Cersei come to a head, if that makes sense. But without going making this a Jamie Lannister podcast, I just think that there's been more good than bad with Jamie, and uh, his dynamic has been very interesting. As a man who loves this woman, sister or not, whatever, a man who loves this woman finds himself in this really tough situation with his father and with the expectations of everything that go on and what he is required to do and the things that matter to him in this odd honor that he has. Despite the fact that the show opens, tarnishing his reputation by saying he's a Kingslayer and our favorite character, Ned, doesn't like him and all this bullshit and he pushes Bran out a window and we think, oh my God, the Lannisters killed Jon Arryn. Was it Jamie? Did they discover Cersei and Jamie? And it was none of that shit. Um, and that's what I think is very cool about Jamie is that we get to learn more about the man and his complex nature. It's, I don't, I'm very not black and white when it comes to characters. You probably have painfully are aware of that listeners and Jessica. Uh, I like to see a lot of the different dynamics that go into these people and the positions that they find themselves in, because I think a lot of people in different situations would act differently than they think they would. And I think that's, what's interesting about game of Thrones. And Jamie, I think, is a good representation of that. Even though, and I'm not going to be totally stubborn on this, even though the last two seasons for Jamie have been weak. Dorne was boring. I didn't like Dorne at all. I think it was mishandled. And that's too bad because Oberyn Martell's cool. 
we were excited to see Dorn. Absolutely. And I was like, holy shit, Jamie's going to Dorn with Braun. How can we miss? This is a fucking slow pitch down the plate. How it's can like Ari and the Hound hanging out. Yes. Can't get any better. And I'm not going to lie and say that. But I think I think season six, Jamie's better than season five, Jamie, for sure. I agree that it's less boring. I don't know. I just. Let's move on. Whatever. We, we I'm just going to hate Jamie. people sometimes. And then I'll love them five episodes later it's just how i live my life do we have anybody else we want to talk about here their trajectories what went on what do worked we, and what do we want to shit on aria's current story arc i don't know what else to say about it that we didn't already say in the rap all right aria was awesome in season four and then was really not awesome for a really long time aria i think aria's interest was so great because this poor girl was there when her father was executed then she had to travel and anytime you have a character moving from place to place, meeting different people and seeing how that plays into the main story, things become interesting, which is what she was doing. Once she got to Bravos and the story got real static and real weird mysticism and a girl is no one shit, I think that wore off pretty quick. The the interest of that wore off. When she got to the House of Black and White, I was excited as anybody. And then mm-hmm. it was just like the girl is no one, the girl is no one, the girl is no one. Blah blah blah. I'm blah, bored. Blah, blah, I'm blah, blah, bored. Blah. It started to get really boring. I liked her on the road with Gendry. I liked her seeing the Hound kill Beric. I liked her getting oh, with the Hound. I liked period. her getting picked up at the Hound at the Red Wedding. I liked the journey. I liked her meetings with. Uh, I think they were at Harren Hall when she ran into Tywin Lannister. That was awesome. Yeah, incredible, yes. incredible dynamics there. Uh, just stuff like that when she became stagnant at. The, at Bravos is when I started to just be like, all right, can we can we fast forward? And Arya is a character who kind of almost has a uh, like an anti arc. I think Nate Tamula said that it's like she 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 starts off being Arya and stubborn. I'm going to be who I am, and then she starts this weird journey where, and then she ends up right back where she was. Yeah, still Arya Stark, still out for revenge slash justice, and uh, obviously. Before we before we get to the good and bad of season six, I guess we'll do predictions last. Yeah. Because we'll talk about maybe what we think she's going to do. I, I want to say something about, oh, well, this is kind of predictions too, but I just want to mention it kind of now. Go for it. So when this season started, again, I just listened to this podcast. We talked about how Arya was going to be in Bravos for a couple of days, being no one, and then she was going to move on. And at this point, we we're already complaining about Bravos. Little did we know we had a whole nother season of it. Sure. And the way we talked about it was that what is the payoff going to be like Marin Trant is not enough payoff what's the payoff going to be sure and so now we have Walder Frey it's still not enough so I know I keep Pretty saying sweet, Jamie's going to kill Cersei Jamie's going to kill Cersei Jamie's going to kill Cersei the payoff for Bravos that will make people not really fucking pissed off is if somehow this turns into Arya killing Cersei I feel mm-hmm. so I, here's what I can I say something about that yes we might as well just talk about it since we're there that that just doesn't satisfy me Ari killing Cersei doesn't. Yeah. Why Jamie does more? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I prefer for Jamie to kill Cersei, but I I think that there's a chance that we see Ari. Do you know? Cersei. Do you know why? Because Arya and Cersei have no relationship. It was it was just they had this beef in the early thing. They were on opposite sides. Cersei didn't even want Ned dead. That was Joffrey's doing. Cersei didn't even want. Yeah, I watched that. the play. Right, and I watched the episode again. She was she was like, "What the fuck are you doing, son? You dummy!" And um, and then it. And, and, and then it becomes Cersei obviously did awful shit. She was an enemy. She didn't leave the city when she was told by Ned. All this crazy shit happened. Your lover, Baelish, betrayed Ned. Ned fucking gets executed because Joffrey- you say my lover, Baelish? Yeah, okay. because Joffrey flips his lid and then we start this whole fucking war. But um, I think that Arya and 
Ari and Cersei don't have enough of a relationship for it to really like. It was I, cool I to agree see. With you. you know what I'm saying? Like it was cool to see her kill Walder Frey, but and it was in in I liked that, and I thought it was kind of neat and and, un, and and it was unexpected. I think is why it was so exciting to me. Right. I, I was unexpected for Arya to be there and to kill Walder Frey, and I think that was the shock value. That was more of an unexpected surprise than it was this great payoff because of this relationship that just went on and on and on. Jamie right. and Cersei have this crazy relationship, and that's what makes that kill so much more intimate. I feel like between Cersei and Arya that there's just a lack of intimacy there from all this time apart. I agree with you, and if you listen to previous podcasts, you will notice that I have said that I want Jamie to kill Cersei, and I'm really high on that idea. And there are a lot of people on the internet, and you know about how I argue with the internet regularly, mm. who are really high on Arya killing Cersei. And I am still pro Jamie kill Cersei. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. But I'm just saying that Maybe that's what they think is going to be the payoff for this Bravo shit is that eventually Ari kills Cersei. Sure. Maybe that happens. If it happens, I will feel a little cheated because I really want Jamie to kill Cersei. Like really, 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 really. Lone Star says if Jamie kills Cersei, his arc is finished. Don't agree at all. Really? Well, how Oh do you- my God. I totally disagree. Then talk to me. I think once Cersei is dead, that opens up so much for Jamie. His so much has been tied to Cersei and his relationship with Cersei. And we've already seen that he can talk to other people and be aligned with other people. And that he's willing to do what he has to do, AKA killing the mad King. Who's to know where Jamie goes. If Cersei's gone, and he doesn't have Cersei to tell him what to do. I think Jamie would be fascinating without Cersei. I think, I think I would love him. Honestly, since, since we're just sort of doing predictions here and, and we'll do more of them later. I'm just, since it's coming up in conversation, I don't want to bull. I don't want to fucking bull rush the conversation. I'll just let it flow. Here's what I think would be badass. Jamie kills the mad King and is called a Kingslayer for it. And it's part of this crazy war and everyone thinks he's a bad person. It's his, his reputation in Westeros is forever tarnished by the fact that he killed Ares Targaryen. Imagine if he killed the mad queen and it raised him up. And, it, and suddenly, Kevin's dead. Cersei's dead. Who's going to be the leader of House Lannister? Oh, you're correct, sir. Imagine if Cersei is killed by Jamie. Jamie finally gets the, the comeuppance for the Mad King Aerys shit and says, well, I did the same thing I did last time, but now you guys see the truth of the matter. And then he becomes the leader of House Lannister. House yes, Lannister yes, yes. and everyone ally against the Night, the Night King. Not even that. No, because before the Night King... King even comes into play. We have House Lannister going against who's coming to fight him right now. His fucking brother and Daenerys Stormborn. Right. So don't forget that we have that too still. And imagine if Jamie is in charge of a fucking Westeros at that point. Jamie, Jamie, honestly, do you know what? I think Jamie would surrender to Tyrion and Danny. I don't think he would. I don't think he'd fucking hopelessly. I don't know what he'd do, but I'm just saying that that's. I think there's going to be a lot of surrendering when she hits the shore. If she hits the shore with that force, which I don't think is going to happen. There's been some predictions from listeners about storms fucking up that fleet. Maybe Euron fucks up that fleet with his four boats. I mean, there's a lot of different things that could happen. But I think it would be fascinating to see Jamie become the head of House Lannister. Uh, That he could, there could be a whole new direction for him out from under his family's yoke a whole restoration of the Lannister name with Tyrion as part of it. I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's fun to pretend. Sure. So, how are we doing? What do you want to talk about now? I don't know. Should we talk about any major things that went on this season that needs to be talked about? Yeah. We talked about Arya. Why don't we just talk about what we liked this season and what we didn't? Okay. Go. I liked 
We know how you feel about Jamie, so you can skip that one. I like the stuff at the wall. Okay, yep, I, I agree. I really did. The wall was interesting. I think sometimes sure. the wall gets a little boring. I don't feel like it was like that this season. I like Jon Snow being brought back from the dead an episode earlier than I predicted. Because um, they didn't want to troll the fans. Which I was fine. Again, I'm still fine with Jon Snow coming back to life and that they waited till when they did it to do it. But I like the, the alliance between the wildlings and the watchers on the wall, basically. You know, they were at war freaking a season ago or whenever it was. And now they're allied two seasons ago. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. That's so interesting to me. And I, I've liked that. I like watching Davos. I'm really high on Davos right now. I'm high on John right now. I love Tormund. I, I think they're a great think, little trio. What, where do we think Davos goes from here? I think he's the hand of the king to Jon Snow. Yeah. Honestly, don't you? Isn't that where he's he's going to end up? I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, if John becomes king, that's how that's going to go. If he rules the north. Continue. So, so I really like that. Um, was there any surprises this season? I mean, the Greyjoys getting to Danny. Yeah, surprised by that. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought. I thought that that was a that was a positive this season for me was the fact that the Greyjoys are involved again because Theon being alive is a surprise yep. to me, but a, a pleasant one. I think the Greyjoys' involvement in Westeros politics is interesting to me because I feel like they have a lot of potential for cool stories. They're unique. They're a unique house, and that they're in a hard island people, very Viking-esque in a sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to see how they move into the future because Balon Greyjoy has consistently made bad decisions for them and cost them dearly. And now that he's out of the picture, we've got somebody who seems similar in their arrogance and what they want to do. handsomer. Right. In Euron. And uh, now we see House Greyjoy divided. That's a very unexpected thing that I really liked from this season for sure. I thought Jon Snow was great this season. And, I mean, the Sept of Baelor and the Battle of the Bastards were pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. The Battle of the Bastards is, is like the Watchers on the Wall. It was very similar to me as far as... Not not similar. I mean, Battle of the Bastards was better for sure, I think. Yeah. But that similar idea, this this epic battle that we get to watch, and they both had real high points. But, I mean, it, it's a great episode. Do you feel that the showrunners being ahead is obvious? And can you pick up on anything? Yeah. Less people die. You think that's that I care primarily about. what it is? Yeah. I feel like now it's more... Although some people are alive in the books that are dead in the show, I think. Like, like um, Mance Raider? Mance Raider, a couple of others. Spoiler I alert. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I, I feel like you can tell that we've moved past the books because I feel like before it was more... There's, there's such a difference. And I don't know. And maybe this is the English major in me and the writer in me. But there's so much difference between a novel and a movie and even a novel and a TV show. And the character development you get in a novel, you can almost never get in a TV show. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, Game of Thrones was really... It was like watching a a book on my screen yeah. for real. Yeah. Not someone trying to put a book on TV. It was like a book on TV. And I guess if you're not a reader, you won't understand. But this season felt more like I was watching TV and not reading a book. John Marginson, one of the things he said to us was um, he thought the dialogue seemed more modern and a little more stilted, like it lacked the polish of George R. R. Martin's dialogue. What do you think about that? I don't know. I didn't even I I didn't even think about the dialogue and how different it's been from previous seasons. I would have to go back and look. But yeah, um, he, he said it felt too modern. Took me out of the setting. The Dothraki essentially being frat boys using modern slang. I get that they're savages. I'm fine with them objectifying Danny, but the word choices got to be a bit much. I, I also was very turned off by that stuff with the Dothraki, and I and I'm not. I'm fine with them 
shitting on her and talking about raping her and whatever they're doing. I'm not fine with it, but you know what I mean? But it did feel very over the top to me. And I, and I feel like that's the same as anything else. Like you're not going to, I don't know, read that. It's it's funny because do we really think that, that her, that the people who swore fealty to her are any different than these guys, than these fucking savages? I mean, this is what these people are. This is, this is how they rule. This is their life. They're marauding horsemen and they're a warring tribe. And that's what, in, in, and that's something, back to Keith's point, is, is that this is what's coming to the shores of Westeros. And this is something I've talked about, too. This is what's coming to the shores of Westeros. Do we really think that the army makeup that she has of these Dothraki when they hit the shores are going to be any different than these frat boy guys? Tough to say. And I yeah. think it puts us in an interesting position as far as rooting for Danny goes. I think Danny's just going to have to get on Team Jon Snow and kill the Night King, honestly. I like it. I like it. So talk to me a little bit about... Um, some expectations for next season. Is there anything else we need to talk about from what happened at this season as a whole that we want to discuss? Just plot lines? I think one of the most impressive and large things that happened was the Sept of Baelor scene and what that means for Cersei going forward, but we talked so much about it in the last yeah, episode. I don't know if I agree. we need to again. Um, I want to comment on something. Go for it. And Whatever, you're going to make fun of me, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I know people... There's one specific person, a good friend of mine who is very smart, very bright, um, likes good TV, and she will not watch Game of Thrones because she says it objectifies women okay, and it's sexist and it's all of these things because we see women being raped and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I watch the show and I don't see what she sees, obviously, because I watch the show. Right. Like, I've given I mean, it's it a based chance. off of medieval Europe. They're savages. Right. But this is the thing. So here's this girl who will not watch the show because she's a quote unquote feminist and she thinks it's sexist and blah, 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 blah. Jesus Christ. I something that's fascinating to me about Game of Thrones and I never thought we'd be in this position. But all we have right now is women in charge of everything on the show. Mm-hmm. And this is fascinating to me that the show has gone this way. And I understand John is in charge of the North, but we have Sansa at his heels and we really don't know how that's going to go. We have Yara Greyjoy taking over in her area. We have Danny's going to come and do things. We have Cersei sitting on the throne. We have Elena and Ilaria taking care of their houses and going to fight behind a woman. Can I jump in for a minute? Do we uh, now? I don't know how much of this strays from novels. I have not read Dance with Dragons. Do we think that this could possibly be some sort of weird external pressure on on Benioff and Weiss. Do we think that this is something straying from the source material? Because I think of it could the, because of the you know the whole thing out there. Do I'm I'm totally speculating. No, I, I I think it could. I think it could. I think it could be something like that. But I like it. I I do. Yeah. I like Olena Tyrell. I don't like Lara Sand ever. But I'm I'm interested in this dynamic where suddenly we have all these women in charge. It's right. different. It's something you don't see every day. And this is a show that started out very male dominated and has become very female dominated. Right. And that's interesting to me that we're going in that direction. I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. Especially because our only man in charge is John. Other right. than that, all our, our good guys, not even good guys, bad guys too, but our, our rulers that we're behind and interested in their stories. Like we want Yara to beat Yoron Greyjoy, right? Of course. And Cersei's going to be very entertaining as a queen for a season until Jamie kills her. So we want her in that <laughs> position too, don't we? Right. I don't know. It, it's very, very interesting. And I, I'm, I'm so interested in the fact that things happen this way. And when it's funny because I can't tell someone start watching game of Thrones. I promise it's going to get better. There's going to be a point where women are in charge of everything, but I love that it's turned out that way. It's, Did you it's tell her to make you to a sandwich? Wait, what? Did you tell your friend to make you a sandwich to get back in the kitchen and stop with her big ideas? <laughs> 
because that's probably what I would have told her. Probably what I should have done too. Back no. in the fucking kitchen, will you? Uh, can I address that a little bit? Sure. Without getting off of Game of Thrones. But it's funny that we are concerned about how a woman might be mistreated in this television show that doesn't even involve her being brutally murdered. And dozens and scores and shitloads of men are brutally murdered in this show and nobody gives a fuck. For some reason, the hierarchy of sins, murder is now lower than, oh my God, they mistreated that woman. I just don't, that shit, especially when you're in a medieval setting, I just don't understand the outrage if you're trying to make a show realistic. You know, people said the same thing about fucking, oh my God, Tony Soprano, he uses the N-word and we're supposed to like him. Oh my God, Tony Soprano, he sleeps around his wife, we're supposed to like him. We're depicting a fucking mafia, the head of the mafia, who's essentially a baby boomer who grew up in a uh, secluded Italian household. This is how he acts and behaves. Right. I'm not saying you have to fucking be his friend, but you have to understand historical context here. And I think right. when you're dealing with medieval Europe, the reality is, is this was the fucking thing. But I didn't see the internet exploding when Theon Greyjoy was being That's tortured. That's what I was just going to say. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I don't, why, how, I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand the hierarchy of sins. I don't understand the hierarchy of, well, you can't do this to this person, but if you do this person, it's worse. I don't, that's not, that's not, that's not equality. That's saying this person's feelings are more important than this person's murder. Right. There's no, you know what I'm saying? It's a little fucked up in jo- people's heads. Double G in the chat says like, but today people get raped and they don't get beheaded. And I'm sure they don't get their dicks cut off on a regular basis and are tortured. And yes, that does make a difference. But there's... There's there's something to that that we're not just tormenting women. We torment everybody. It's just that I don't know. Rape is this thing that has gone on forever and still goes on today, whereas this other shit doesn't go on today. At least here where we are. Okay, fine, but then then change the fucking weapon. Guys getting gunned down in deserts. I mean, there's fuck, no. I know. Do you know I, what I mean? It I'm doesn't not, beheadings and, and there's plenty of beheadings still in the Middle East. But I guess my I guess my point is is, is that. That and I and I don't want to make this episode about this because God knows how much flack I got from my fucking evil bullshit. But I'm just saying, I for some reason that I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody. I'm not going to do that. I have never physically been raped, so I have no. I've never been murdered. I'm still here, so I, I'm not really speaking with a lot of authority here. But is the question I ask people to ask themselves, and I don't know the answer to it. I'm just saying, think about it. Is being raped worse than being murdered? I don't know. You're getting into dicey territory. I don't even think you should even say that. Honestly. Well, I said it. Mm-hmm. Too fucking bad. I said okay. it. I don't know the answer to that question because I haven't experienced either. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Scott Cummings has been murdered twice in the chat, he says, but Melisandre brings him back. So <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, fine. I guess that's a good point. Can Melisandre undo rape? It's like super annoying when you get murdered and stuff, but like you get brought back. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so it's actually not as bad. You should have been walking around without armor tempting me to stab you. I'm fucking victim blaming on I victim blame Jon Snow. Yeah, well, you should have had your armor John, on, John. What were you thinking? Just running out when you thought Benjamin Stark was here. <laughs> oh, what's that? You guys aren't wearing chainmail at your wedding? You're just asking for well, it. Well, I guess I better murder you now. <laughs> I guess my point is is that they're both terrible acts. They're both very prevalent in medieval history. And uh they're both things bad things happen to people in Westeros. They get yes. blown up, they get raped. They get beaten, they get castrated, they get their dicks cut off, they get their throats cut, they get their heads bashed in, they get sick and die, they get trampled by fucking horses, they get burned alive as children. I mean, terrible shit happens in this show. 
I, I and I'm agree. not saying any there's, of it is worse than any of the rest of it. People just don't like that there's not enough penises and there's a lot of boobs. But I feel like the show hurt us and they tried <laughs> to show us penises, but they were not the right ones. Right. Like, I don't want to see the hound taking a piss and I don't want to see rando fat men shaking their penises at Cersei. Right. I want to see like Jon Snow, maybe Euron Greyjoy and any of my boyfriends. Yeah, I like it. Well, I just figured I'd, I'd address that a little bit and uh, and kind of go from there. I it's just, annoying as fuck. It's a good TV show. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't want to watch them, if if you're gonna watch a medieval show and you ex- and that's trying to have some historical accuracy, despite the fact that there's magic and dragons, you have to ask. You have to tell yourself in a gritty real world that things aren't going to be. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not going to be. Get rid of your modern sensibilities when you sit down to watch this and, and just understand that. And if you don't, then fucking don't. I don't care if you watch or not. Then don't watch it if it offends your sensibilities. People are always going to get shit. pissed about things like that. And people getting pissed that people get raped is one thing. But like when people get pissed that there's too much female nudity, it's like if females want to be nude, then just let them be nude. Okay. Right. And at the end of the day, it's in brothels and stuff, guys. Whenever you sit down to do anything, you're going to offend somebody no matter what. We've offended people on this show. Oh my God, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's just reality. But uh, but I think as soon as you start pandering, you're done. Your, your fucking goose is cooked and uh, you're going to be like everyone else is always trying to we'll be. We'll be shitting on the show like I shit on The Walking Dead. Yeah, I just, just don't, don't fucking pander. Make the show you're going to make. Let the things happen. And you're going to have haters and you're going to have lovers no matter what. Unless you try hard to appease everyone, and then you're going to be fucking miserable. And who wants that? That's it. So I got to say about that. Where to? Uh, I don't know where to. I don't know. Uh, well, do you want to get into expectations for next seasons, and then we'll do some listener comments? Sure. All right. I don't want to give up too many of my Deadpool ideas, though, so I got to be careful with what I say. Ooh. Why don't we do that first, then? You want to do that? Oh, my God. All right. So first, can you do me a favor? Can you tell these good people what's going on with a Deadpool for yes, next season? I actually pulled up Jonathan Marginson's post in the Game of Thrones. Jonathan Marginson, Game of Thrones podcast by LSG Media producer. I said it. Damn. Damn. He's the highest paying. He's got the lowest paying producer job on the planet. He gets lots of thank you emails from me. And I talk good about him on the podcast <laughs> all the time. That's our which stock. is like money. Honestly. That's our stock and trade. He gives that to his uh, mortgage company, and I hear they give him a break. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, I can't pay rent this month, but listen to this." Um, so, can I read so people know? So, we did a Deadpool this season. Obviously, you guys all know we're going to do a Deadpool next season. We want people to get in on it. We have a lot of people who are interested. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot on Facebook, but we want to make sure that we're getting to listeners who don't have social media, and that's right. what we're going to do right now. And we have so many people interested. And we, po- we posted on the website. Yes, we do. So thronesdeadpool.liberstreetgeek.net. It's on the sidebar in a widget. Thronesdeadpool.liberstreetgeek.net is Come probably is where this. it will live. So if you go there, you'll probably find it. I can read you the rules from the website if you want. Oh, he already posted me. He texted me and said yeah, he was going to do I that. have them. Thanks for doing that, John. So these are the rules for the Deadpool if you're interested and you want to get in on this shit. So listen up, people. Rule number one, the season seven Deadpool is being capped at 60 listener participants based on projected interest and sources time we can allocate. If you voice your interest in participating via social media, your spot will be held through July 15th. So say that again. If you voice your interest already. So if someone who has already said they're interested, they have till July 15th to get their picks in and their spot will be held. Okay. Okay. That includes people who haven't yet. 
So if you have not voiced your interest, if you do not go on social media, but you listen to this podcast, if you send us your picks before July 15th, you get your spot. You're in the Deadpool. Right. So to simplify this, if you want to be in next season's Deadpool, you have until July 15th to email us six picks of people that you think will die. Pay attention to things like the order in which you think they'll die in case there are tiebreakers needed, which there might be. And you're going to send those picks to hosts at libertystreetgeek.net. That's hosts at libertystreetgeek.net. By the 15th, guarantees you a position in next season's Deadpool. But there's more. We are going to continue on after July 15th. If you have not put your picks in, we will take picks until July 31st to get up to 60. We'll also take waitlist picks. So if for some reason, somebody drops off the face of the planet. They're not interested in the podcast anymore. I say something Um, stupid like, is rape worse than murder? And and then they call you an asshole. They call me an asshole and then they Um, cancel the podcast. If, asking a horrible question like that. If you if you send in your if there's sixty people already, you send your pick in, and somebody who saved a spot for doesn't make their picks. They're like, "Hey, save me a spot." And they don't make their picks. You get their spot. So if you don't get in by July fifteenth, and you still want in, you have until July thirty first. But the sooner the better if you're on the wait list. Right. So once again, to simplify this, if you want to be in next season's Deadpool, email us six picks hosts at libertystreetgeek.net. If you get it by the 15th, you're in. After that, we're closing on the 31st, and you might get in, you might not, because there has been a lot of people who have shown interest in this, thanks to the hard work of Game of Thrones podcast by LSG Media producer, John Marginson. So that leads us to what, do you have anything else you want to say about that before we go? I, I still have more rules about the Deadpool. Oh, okay, go. Okay, so we're going to randomize all listeners and you're going to be divided into a pool of about 20 to 30 people. It's not just going to be one big 60 person thing if we get 60 people in here because that's too hard for us to do. John's going to work on a global system so that if we can get everybody together at the end to get a a total winner as opposed to just a winner of their division, basically. Yep. You know, it's like baseball. You're going to be in divisions. Um, If we get 30 or less people, there won't be divisions. But if we get more than 30, we're going to have divisions. He'll break it up. Um, everybody's going to be able to see everybody else's picks online, just like this season. And then participant ranking is in accordance with who scores the most correct picks first, first to six. This is determined by the episode in which a character dies as well, as well as the order in which they die in said episodes. Tiebreakers are as follows. Episode number of death is one and then order of demise within a given episode. Um, let me bring this up now. Lone Star said that's early. The reason is, is because we do not want any spoiler or novel fuckery. Yes. Nobody knows right now. And that's what we want. We don't want people to be like, oh, I read the book. I'm going to pick some rando that you haven't seen in three seasons. And, Fuck and we that. don't want people hearing things about casting announcements that's and who right. they're casting that's for, right. pictures popping up of where they're filming. Uh, last season, I know we did this way closer, but we're doing it early this year. And that was a mistake. We should have, but, but we. But not a mistake, but no. a mistake for. You're right. It was a mistake because I didn't win. So, yeah, you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> um, but we're doing this because we don't want any fuckery on the picks. Yes. Okay. And I do want to point out the following things. One, if you if we do have to do divisions and you want to be with a certain person, please put in your request. Two, if you don't like your title that you were given last season, let John know. Damn, John's giving himself a lot of work. I wouldn't have been that nice. I would have been, fuck you. This is your but title. But he means 
like you can make up your own title and if we don't think it's silly maybe we'll use it yeah but if not you get your previous title okay um so prizes to be determined everyone's gonna pick six people they must be alive at the start of season seven people who are in brands visions but already dead do not count fair enough they have to have names but they do not have to be human okay fair enough so sample picks are so here's the reality can i just jump in because I'm, I'm, I'm going to represent the psyche of the listener. I already forgot half the rules. So where can they look at these rules after this podcast is over? Oh, I don't know. This says Liberty Street Geek slash GOT season seven Deadpool rules. I think we should probably link to it in the show notes. Okay. We'll link to the fucking rules in the show notes. If you go to the website, you're going to find it. We'll probably make a widget and stick it directly on the a Facebook where you shit. can see it. In other words, there'll be an image on the website that you can click on and it'll link to it. It'll also be in the show notes because people are going to forget these rules by way of podcast. They're going to have to read them and look at them. Um, so hopefully that all makes sense, but continue. That's pretty much it. Unless you want examples of picks that count and picks that don't. Okay. Picks that count are the following. Braun, Lord Manderley, Nymeria Sand. Ew. Good pick. Um, Ghost, the Night King, Viserion. Unacceptable picks are House Lannister. One of the dragons, a white walker, <laughs> northern soldier. Who did this last season and we made them change? Joe Polcini. Yeah, I think it he was, was fucking around. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great point. The character has to have a proper name, a capitalized fucking first and last. Well, not necessarily a last name, but they have to have a name. Named characters only. I'm just looking for something to write down. Okay. So, I don't have anything because you have all the paper that I need. You want a piece of paper? Yes, please. There you go. Now, Franken Mountain. Mm. he's a pick yeah he counts because he's alive now so if he dies again then that counts yeah he's animated the night king is also not alive he's an undead yeah, creature and benjamin stark cold hands you can pick him i right. think john Marginson might be screaming at the podcast right now right my opinion is is if you're not sure on a pick you should well i don't want to say that i don't want to create more work for john don't be dumb you know what we're looking for here don't, don't stop with dumb. the fuckery we'll tell you if you fuck up that leads us to Jessica and I's Deadpool. Now, not to confuse you, but her and I are going to have rules that are going to be a little different because we're fighting against each other. So we're going to have to do a snake draft, which means we can't pick each other's picks. Yeah, because that's boring. So we each have to pick different people. So, Jessica, are we going to do that right now? Yeah, do you want me to explain our rules of our game? Yes, go. So last season, Dean and I started this by doing a snake draft of our picks. It was spur of the moment. My picks were shitty, and that's why I lost. My picks were also shitty, and I barely won. Anyway... This season, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do a snake draft. We're going to pick six people. Maybe John can throw us in the main Deadpool if he doesn't have enough people. But if he does have enough people, our Deadpool will be separate. He's um, going to put himself in, too, just so you guys know. Good. You should. And, and we might even have something, the three of us, seeing how we do against each other. Well, Dean and I are definitely going to have a contest that won't against work each he's other. Not doing the snake draft, so never mind that. Continue. Dean and I definitely are having a contest against each other. Um, the loser or the winner is going to write a speech for the loser to record and post on social media about how awesome the other person is um, or about whatever they want them to say. It'll be on YouTube and it'll be on the website so, of us just professing whatever the other person writes about how awesome we are. Yeah, we'll have a limit about how long it can be yeah, and stuff, but we'll minutes. get there when we get there. Um, so that'll be good. Anyway, we're also going to pick six people. We're not going to take up one of your spots in the actual Deadpool. Right. Although if we get all six and we win, well proclaim our glory anyway right yeah all right i should pull up a list of characters just in case okay so are we ready hold on how do we determine who picks first today um we're gonna determine who picks first by letting the winner of the previous season pick 
And that's you, unfortunately, despite the fact that I said something incorrect on the last podcast. Okay, so I can either pick once. I, or, can, pick, I can take the first pick or, the, or, or two and three. Correct. You pick first. Are you ready to pick first? Oh, I'm ready. With my number one pick overall, I'm going with Cersei Lannister. All right. I think you're making a mistake. Mark it down. So you got Cersei. You were going to pick six each? Yes, you get two in a row. All right, I get two in a row. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. All right, I'm looking at a list of characters still alive. Do you have characters still alive? Hold on. That's the only way I can do this. I'm not smart enough otherwise. Um, Cersei is your pick, huh? About who's going to die this year. You better not take my other pick. I wanted to take number one, but I waited because I thought I was okay. I'm going to say the mountain. Oh, okay. He's not going to make it out of the season. Uh, and I also think not to make it out of the season is... Not to make it out of the season is... Hmm, this is tough. Okay, well... Let me think about this for a minute. There's so many good choices. Um, I don't think that person's going to die. I think that's just too obvious. Uh, Littlefinger. No, fuck! God damn it! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I am so upset right now. It's not even funny. I was going to pick him number one overall, but I was like, there's no way Dean will pick him. I am so mad right now. You're insane. Not pick him. He's done. Oh His goose God. is cooked. See? I don't even know what to do right now. I'm so so upset well the clock is ticking oh my god what do you guys think this? about that huh while you're thinking really i'm going upsetting. to remind people that we are recording this live on mixler mixler.com slash lsg media that's mixler.com slash lsg media if you go to the website which is liverystreetgeek.net you will find all kinds of cool links all kinds of different ways that you can get involved with the show become part of the community Get some premium bonus content by joining the Illuminati for as little as $2.50 a month, where we have a lot of bonus content, specifically as it relates to our science fiction film podcast, which you should be listening to because we talk about movies, and we're just as ludicrous on that as we are on this. Jessica, I killed some time for you. you about my great joke that I was going to tell? I was going to say that I was going to pick one of my boyfriends and brother husbands, as I'm now calling them, <laughs> and I had a whole thing planned about what I was going to say, so I'm really upset about it. Okay. Um, but I will move on. I'm going to take Yaron Greyjoy. Mm. And I'm going to take Podrick. Podrick Payne. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. I'm going to he, take him. Wow. That's wow. right. Wow. You're bad at this. Why am I bad at this? <laughs> I can't wait till he dies, honestly. Uh, shit. Um, oh, I just saw somebody I guess I could pick. Um, what do I think is going to happen with the Hound and the Brothers Without Banners? Hmm. Hmm. I think I am going to pick to not get out of this season. Um, will this elevate this hound's story? What's the hound going to do? I'm going to, I get two picks. Yep. I'm going to go with a weird one. I'm going to go with Beric Dondarrion. I thought about picking him too, honestly. Uh, his proximity to the Hound certainly jeopardizes him. Oh, wait. Yeah, but he does, does get brought back if, to life. You already count? picked him. Sorry, but I'm just saying it counts if he gets resurrected, right? If he dies and comes back, is that a, that's a good if thing he, to work out if now. If he dies and he have... comes back in the same season, I say it doesn't count. Really? But we're going to have to ask John Marginson, unfortunately. Well, we can decide. I think if they die and they come back in the same season, it doesn't count. I think if they die and they don't come back by the end of the season, it counts. Because this is a season as a whole Deadpool, isn't it? But it's a 
Yeah, because we're just saying who doesn't make it out of the season. That's specifically what we're right. talking about. Who doesn't get out of the season seven? Right. All right, then I am not going to pick Beric Dondarrion. Oh, my God. I already wrote him down. God damn it. All right. Um, I will. I just thought, what a good pick that will be. I can't believe you picked Baelish. I'm still so fucking mad about that. Sorry, mate. All right. I am going to go with... Um, you know what? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to stay with Beric. I already crossed him out. God I'm damn not gonna, it. I'm not going to fuck around. I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick with him. Uh, I also think that we might lose. Boy, this is hard. Oh, it's hard when you start getting into the nitty gritty because of the characters that remain. And you're like, who is this character again? I don't remember. Are you alive? Are you not alive? I don't know. Um, Give me a second here, guys. Oh, I should be on a clock. All right, I have, a, I have a pick. Go. It's going to be the next death that will occur will be, although he didn't die yet, so I can't pick him. If he hasn't died already, how is he not, How is he going to die in the future? Who are you thinking of, Gendry? Uh, no, no. I can't tell you who I was thinking of because I don't want you scooping up my glory. Do you know what I'm saying? You better hurry up and make your pick. Hey, I'm but looking at this these. This is not interesting podcasting. Well, we're going to cut this out. Don't worry. <laughs> I can't believe you said him. That's so fucked up. Tormin. I thought I was picking Tormin too. Tormin. So whatever. Your turn. All right. I am going to pick next. But this is like one of those ballsy picks where I might not even ever see him again. Just like, like my it. problem with Lancel. But okay. I'm going to do it. Jan Royce. Ooh, that was my next pick. Good. That's a good pick, man. Good. Who else? I'm also going to take. I don't know if I should be ballsy. And I'm going to take Grey Worm. Ooh, I like it. I think so we now need you have, the death of one of that little three. You have there. six. Are you good? Oh, nope. I get one more. You get two and then I get the last one. Okay. You get the last one. Well, that's a bummer for you. Uh, la, 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 la. I get two, huh? Yeah, you do. And then you're done. I'm going to go with, I'm going to tell you their names right now because I don't know them off the top of my head, but I thought I fucking don't like picking them because they've been hanging on somehow. I'm going to say that we lose. No, maybe not. I say that we're going to lose, finally, mercifully. I'm going to go with Edmer Tully. Not a bad pick. Could pay off or you could not see him all season. I know. That's my fear. We don't my see problem with Jan season. Royce. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Not too late. I already too picked late. You already picked. Um, I'm going to say we see the death of Thoros of Mir. Oh, you're doubling down on those Brothers Without Banners, huh? Yep. This is not a good list. I'm torn about where I should double down in King's Landing or... There are my picks, bitch. Okay, so just to recap, I have the Mountain, Littlefinger, Beric, Tormund, Edmure Tully, Thoros of Mir. I still have one more pick to make. I know. I'm torn between a couple of people here. Royce is a good pick. I wanted that pick so bad. Ugh, there's a lot of people I think could die. Oh my God, there's so many. There's not many interesting ones left. There's so, like the fucking sand snakes, but, yeah, but uh, they're with us. Can I pick Alaria Sand again and go back with I that know. and hope for the best? I mean, should I do it? You can go with that old hat. I think she loses one of her daughters first, but. Yeah, but how do you pick which one of those three of those bitches? I can't just pick Alaria's pick the daughter. One with the worst bitch face. No, I'm just kidding. All right, pick who you, pick who you want. I don't know. I could pick Alaria. Oh, I know somebody I should have picked. Fuck. I'm going to pick Braun. Wow. All right, it's done. Set in stone. You know so, what we should have picked? Who? Fucking Aaron Greyjoy, the old, old, old Greyjoy oh, guy. I'm like, I picked him, but I picked Euron Greyjoy. No, you picked Euron. Um, so I have one. Cersei, Euron Greyjoy, the handsome one, Podrick Payne, Jon Royce, Grey Worm, and Braun. Jon, Grey, and Braun. All right, there they are. There are picks. I'm sure when John listens to this, he'll get them. 
I feel but, pretty good uh, about my picks, honestly. And I had Mountain, Littlefinger, Barrack, Tormund. Except the Littlefinger thing. I'm, I should have taken My last two picks, I don't love. I don't love Tully or Thoros of Mir, but I guess we'll see. I, I thought I was picking Thoros of Mir. I would have picked him over Barrack Dondarrion, honestly. Yeah, I know. I feel... I guess he could come back, but if Thoros dies, Barrack's fucked. That's what I'm saying. Right, so... But also, I should have picked Littlefinger first, but I thought you might take Cersei. God, I'm so mad about this. Ooh. I just think whenever the Hound is involved in anything, it's going to cause death and chaos. So maybe him riding around with the brothers without banners causes some sort of chaos. I don't know. But, uh, all right, we're done. We're done with that. That's the Deadpool. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Again, if you want in, hosts at LibertyStreetGeek.net. You have until the 15th. After that, you have until the 31st. But up until the 15th, you're guaranteed in. Pick six people. They have to have names. Check the rules on the website. All right. So we're going to get into a couple of listener comments. And then we're going to talk about some of the prophecies, which will lead us to a couple of possible predictions now that we've already done our game, our, our, uh, our Deadpool. So let's talk about a couple of listener comments. Jessica, do you have somebody you want to lead off with? Because um, I've been giving some love to uh, uh, John and Keith. I mean, you, you said there was few enough to where we could probably... Well, yeah, there's a lot from a couple of people and then some others that are worth... Um... All right, well, what are the ones that caught your attention? Sorry, one second. All right, I'm going to talk about some of John's predictions. Uh, uh, Game of Thrones podcast by LSG Media producer John Marginson. Baelish is going to try and eliminate John. His path to the Iron Throne is paved for the North and marrying Sansa to become Warden. He's going to look to undermine him like he did Ned. While she may harbor some jealousy, I think Sansa realizes the danger Baelish poses to John and will look to counter him. Basically, she's ultimately going to come through for her brother, even, the, even if there are highs and lows and mid-tension between the two. She'll do for John what no one could do for Ned. Protect him in a political protect him from a political animal. The Brotherhood allies with the Starks and the Hound reveals to, the, to them that Baelish betrayed Ned. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Bran will reunite with John and tell him who he is. I'm all on the Jaehaerys Targaryen third bandwagon. Winter spreads further south and weather patterns shift. Danny loses part of her fleet in a storm crossing in the narrow sea. Yarn could ally with the Lannisters. Cersei is single and he could try to nab the throne through her. That's a good call. Yarn trying to marry Cersei, especially if Cersei runs out of allies. The Red Keep burns. Even if John and or the realm are unaware of his identity, Tyrion could lobby for Danny to marry him. It would unite pretty much everyone against the Lannisters, and John is probably the most desirable bachelor in Westeros as a newly I minted king in the north. Oh my God, <laughs> you're, you're a foul creature. The wall crumbles, or at least the dead begin spilling over it if Bran passes through it and breaks the seal protecting it from the dead. Good shit. Anything about that you want to talk about? Do you want to read all the comments first and then go back? Because he's got so much stuff that I feel like we're going to talk about in our yeah, predictions it'll come too. Up. Yeah, it'll, so it'll his come is up kind of, some of the prophecies. You probably should have read this one last. Doesn't matter. You weren't ready. So go ahead. I guess I'm going to read a comment from Keith Minow, <laughs> if I must. <laughs> Troll hungry. <Ugh>. Feed me. <laughs> <laughs> this season was very frustrating. Starting out with the aborting the Dorn storyline and it was late term. Then the shit show of Hold wrapping up Arya and I just want Arya you to know that him Bravos. using the term aborting was offensive to me. It was and it bothers offensive me. to a lot of people, I'm sure. Okay, continue. Then the shit show of wrapping up Arya and Bravos. We are all happy she is back, but let's be real. It was not handled well. We had a couple low episodes because they wanted to save everything for the finale in episode nine for awkward submission. So we get left with two to three stinker episodes. That said, I think there were some issues the showrunners have to deal with that are not easy. George R.R. Martin's story has gotten less wildly in the last two books. 
getting a lot wider and slowing down, mm. making things more intricate, showing more history. While all of this is great, it's hard to translate to film or TV. The show had to simplify a lot of things and speed things up. Not having certain details or not being able to build up all the characters required changes a lot. For example, reusing Jamie and Braun constantly. Jamie's character is one I'm worried about them screwing up due to this switching. Anyways, as critical as I am, since I can be critical and still love the show, unlike some here, I understand their job is pretty difficult. Mm. And then he also says season four is the best, which I agree with. He is, um, he's not wrong. No, he's not. He's got really good points here for sure. And I think we've talked about some of that as we've, as we've moved forward here. And uh, I have a listener comment from uh, Lisa, excuse me, I have a comment from Lisa Staton, I think is her name, S-T-A-T-O-N. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about what she asked of us. Is this on this? No, it's an email. Oh, I'm like, where is it? And she said, could you guys please talk about some of the prophecies in the show? So unless you have any more listener comments, I would like to get yeah, into that. Yeah, I'm going to read this one. I'm going to butcher this person's name because they beg that you read their comment on the show. So okay, go for it. it. Mamdo Tawili? Where is it? Oh, yeah. Mamdo um, Tawili. Okay. I probably said that wrong. Sorry. Just tell me how to pronounce it. I'll pronounce it better next This is time. from Saudi Arabia, by the way. Okay. Pretty cool, And huh? I cannot pronounce that because I Pretty far away. Pretty cool that he decided to chime in. First of all, I am so pissed off that the show ended. Um, and there will be no more weekly podcast of GOT coming from you guys since it's part of the fun and enhances the whole experience of watching the show. Thanks, Thank bro. Thank you. <laughs> now let's get to business. I have one point in the final episode. I was surprised nobody knows or talked about. Danny having locked up those two dragons for a while. Um, Drogon is on the loose, and I suppose naturally the other two would be pissed as nerdy teenage boys who can't access their PlayStation 4 while their older drug-abusing bro can do whatever he wants. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> Sounds like he's got a pretty good handle on uh, the prototypical, <laughs> the the prototypical American family. That's really funny. Um, the scene where Danny was riding Drogon, preparing to attack the masters and ships when she looked down, and the other two dragons destroyed the door and got loose. Notice the music change that happened. Absolutely. Um, that was what was happening when the camera changed the ground where the dragons were looking at Danny and Drogon. I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to go oh, shit, and attack Danny and Drogon now. <laughs> um, specifically Imagine because of the music change. But they just follow them like nothing happened. And being like, it's okay. We love you, mommy and asshole brother. Let's attack like a happy family. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Other than that, it was an amazing season. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Good shit. Uh, thank you very much for that, my friend. That was good shit. Made me laugh. It's, it's funny and actually true. <laughs> Awesome. So thanks for uh, thanks for that, guys. And uh, let's move on to what Lisa asked us to do. She uh, to, to summarize her email, she wants us to kind of talk about with uh, some of the things with the prophecies, uh, some of the prince that was promised stuff, and a few of those different things. And she really got me thinking about what this all is. And you know, the first thing I want to say is is that we got. Leading into these prophecies, we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty assured at this point that John is a Targaryen. His father is Rhaegar and Lyanna, so he's Targaryen and Stark, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something that's kind of interesting. There's a couple of other spoilers that I want to talk about. Um, I think the first one is is that we should probably discuss the prince who is promised because that's of course a, a a big one. But another one that's pretty crazy is this. Before we get to the prince that was promised, I want to talk about the um, three heads of a dragon thing. Because do you remember that that discussion, the three heads of a dragon, mm -hmm. where that was the tar it was like a Targaryen prophecy? Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you know, not literally that there's going to be a three-headed dragon, but that there's three dragons. The dragon on the Targaryen thing has three heads. 
And there's a crazy, there's a couple of crazy theories going around that I wanted to talk about. And that is that, and this goes back to, to Danny. This is on pop sugar, popsugar.com. And it is during Danny's time in the house of the undying, she has visions of her brother, Rhaegar stating that the dragon has three heads. The three headed dragon theme is reflected in the series in multiple ways. Daenerys has three dragons, the Targaryen house sigil features three-headed dragon, like I just said. Danny's ancestor, Aegon Targaryen, conquered Westeros along his two sisters, all mounted on dragons, by the way, and she has three dragons. Fans of the series have interpreted the prophecy in the House of the Undying to mean that there must be three riders for Daenerys, three dragons, before she can win the throne. Presumably, Danny is one of the dragon riders, but now we have to figure out who the other two are. Do you want to hear some crazy shit? Sure. The other two could possibly be Jon Snow. Obviously. And Tyrion Lannister is I know not a are Lannister. Saying that. I know. Okay, do you want to hear some of the proof presented? Sure. And it's not proof, it's just adds to the speculation. Each one of them represent one of the major races in the lands. Mm-hmm. Tyrion is an Andal, Jon is descended of First Men, and of course, Danny is Valyrian. They're all outcasts, they're all the third children. Mm-hmm. All their mothers died in childbirth. All their fathers are dead, right? It's yeah, pretty, all right. Well, now I'm starting. They, at first, I was like, this is just a stupid theory people I know, are having I know. to be stupid. It, it, but now you're making me think. But it's interesting. Uh, they talked a lot about some of the uh, the, the parallels where it's it's known that, that Ares Targaryen had a thing for Tywin's wife, which was Tywin's cousin. Um, Ew. And, and, and they were saying... Houses. Right. And they and they were saying that it's possible that something occurred there that caused an issue because there was a, a particular evening that occurred. And then after that, she left the capital forever and never went back. Is it possible that they had like first night privileges like, you know, in Braveheart, Prima Nocta, I get to fuck your wife tonight. Obviously, obviously they never make that explicitly clear, but they're saying, is it possible that Ares Targaryen sired fucking Tyrion? Is, would that be crazy and weird? What does that mean? That means they're all related. Is there a three-headed Yay. dragon? Is that is the idea that there is a third person that's going to be a third rider because it's a prophecy that's been talked about since the House of the Undying? I, I just think for it to be Tyrion when Tyrion's already so intertwined with Danny is... is you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, I feel like then why did we have Tyrion and Danny so intertwined already if it's just going to turn out they're related? Maybe that's what's so wacky about him going out to find her. Um, obviously, you can't. It, there's no real proof. It's just speculation. Yeah. I'm not saying I believe it, but it's fun to entertain these theories. We all speculated John was going to come back to life, and look what happened there, guys. Uh, there's a couple other. There's a. This is on Quora.com. In uh, on oh, Quora.com, I feel like I like Quora.com. They talk a lot about it. Tyrion's eye and hair color doesn't match his father or siblings. Yes. And also, he's a midget. Aerys Targaryen was infatuated with Joanna Lannister, which we just talked about. Tyrion was obsessed with dragons as a child, even dreamed about them. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Tywin says Tyrion isn't his son multiple times and literally, quote, you are an ill-made, spiteful little creature full of envy, lust, and low cunning. Men's laws give you the right to bear my name and display my color since I cannot prove that you are not mine. Wait, is that from the book, though? I don't know. I think that's from the book. I don't remember that being... I remember him saying, you are not my son. I do remember that too. But not what you just said. And then we're getting into different territory. Like that. now we're getting into the book versus the show. And I think that that's... Fair enough. We can't do that. But um, just a couple of those things that I thought were, were pretty interesting. So I don't know. You know, three heads has the dragon, three fires you must light, one for life, one for death, one to love, three months must you ride, one to bed, one to dread, one to love, three treasons you will know, one for blood, one for gold, one for love. That's all... 
talking about that shit with Danny as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Pretty cool. And then, of course, we should probably talk about the prince that was promised, the Azor Ahai kind of stuff. Obviously, it's not Stannis. Isn't it Sir Pounce? That's what I heard yeah, from I, the internet. <laughs> Just saying. Is it Danny? Danny is Danny's a strong candidate. Is it is it John? There's a couple of different ideas that point to some of these people. But do you have any? Do you do you believe in any of the prophecy stuff? Obviously, do you think any of it mean anything? I feel like some of it's kind of interested. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure the prophecy stuff all means something. You know, but it could mean a lot of different things, just like the Maggie the Frog stuff, you know, where, you know, you'll be queen for a while, but then someone younger and much more beautiful than you will take over or whatever they said. And okay, that could have been Marjorie because that did happen for a brief time, but it also could be Danny. So, you know, like there's there's a lot to it where it's more it's not as obvious where it's like, okay, this one thing is going to be what it is. Yeah, I got you. You know, sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that that point to John, obviously uh, him being killed thats or, or him being betrayed and stabbed and different I, things like that. I feel like John is the prince who is promised if there yeah. is one. And this is nothing against Danny or against anything. But if you look at John's trajectory and everything he's been through and his circumstance and his parentage and his upbringing, and there's something to that. And this is why John could have never been dead yeah, when yeah. he died. And there was just no way that that was possible because the whole show has been building to, to John being this central figure in regards to everything in, in defeating the Night King. There's nothing about Danny def- in your mind where you're like, Danny is going to be this this great. And yeah, maybe we think that, but the show's not hinting like, hey, Danny's going to destroy the Night King. The show's hinting like, Danny's going to come to Westeros and she's going to take shit over. Yeah. The show's hinting like, John is going to save everybody from right, this, right. The, the, all their deaths. I like it. It's just something different. Between How about Cersei? Um, the witch tells her that she'll be supplanted by a younger, more beautiful yeah, queen. Yeah, like I was just saying. Yep. It, it could have been Marjorie, but it also still could be Danny coming up, and it probably will be Danny coming up. Right. Also, um, the thing with Jamie, which is which is very much speculated about uh, Cersei's, uh, the idea of him maybe killing her, killed by younger... He was born technically before him. He's younger than her. Some of her undoing at the hands of uh, at her own brother, which mm-hmm. I think is a, obviously something that could happen. Or Arya Stark. Yeah, or Arya Stark. If you want to be on that fan theory, which I'm not. I'm on the Jamie one. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. She foresees the death of all three of Cersei's children, the sociopathic boy King, Cersei, Jamie's first child, meanwhile, uh, killed off in Doran, Sir Tom and Bali. But the icing and the cake, Maggie tells Cersei she'll get a gruesome, meet a gruesome end. At the hands of the Volinquar, which is Valerian for little brother. The detail validates huh. Cersei's lifeblood, bloodlust for Tyrion as the culprit. Could Tyrion be the red herring? It could be Jamie. He's oh technically my younger. God, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you had read about that. That's on uh, that's on kernelmag.daily.com. I'll oh link, my god. I'll, I'll make sure to credit all these guys who who got all this stuff together. If you guys could see how much I'm smiling right now, you wouldn't even believe it because I'm so excited about yeah. Jamie killing Cersei. I yeah. cannot even tell you. It's going to be so good. Yeah, there's oh. a... Yeah, that's uh, that's called the... That's the uh, the Volinquire, the little brother sort of uh, prophecy that's floating around out there that she'll meet a gruesome end. According to Maggie the Frog, who has not been wrong... Not yet. That she'll meet a gruesome... But what's fascinating is it says she'll be supplanted by somebody younger and more beautiful. Yeah, but which Marjorie and Danny both were and are. Well, right. One's dead, so she's not anymore. Now she's dead. And but she's it, but the prophet doesn't explicitly state will be her undoing forever, but maybe she just supplanted her briefly until she re-exerted power. Maybe now Jamie will 
the, the maybe the prophecy will come forward. And correct, yeah, interesting. Because we're all thinking again. Everybody's thinking Danny's that younger, more beautiful queen. Sure. But the whole time, what did I keep telling you? Yeah. Oh, right here, me. Boosh. That it was Marjorie. Good stuff. But I love the I love the volun the 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 uh, valen the valen car stuff. Me too. Is my new stuff. favorite oh, thing. However you say, I don't honestly, know. it's my new favorite thing. Uh, yeah. So, and then of course, I mean, guys, you could look up this shit for days. You can look up all kinds of stuff with prophecies, brands, prophecies, Tyrion's prophecies, dreams. There's the, the internet is chock full of them, and uh, a lot of them are actually kind of cool to read about. They're just it's just a fun thing to, to, you know, the prince who was promised or Azor Ahai reborn. One of the things that points to John is is that I believe Azor Ahai killed his lover, and Jon Snow did, didn't do, but he didn't do that technically. He was just there when she was killed by Ollie, right? Yeah, but he started the war that got her killed. Mm, maybe. I miss Egret. I know. She was All awesome. Right, I loved her every day she was on uh, the show. His beloved wife was Nissa Nissa, N-I-S-S-A, N-I-S-S-A. The third time he had to plunge the sword through the living heart of his beloved wife, and it was the blood sacrifice that saved the steel. Oh, yeah. I remember. I, I watched a video about this once, actually. Now Unless, of course, it. this leads to him killing his lover, Danny, in the future. I don't know. That'd be wild, huh? Of him and, I don't want him and Danny to be... Yeah. That, I'm no, not right, into right, that. Right. I'm Me not neither. into that I'm not that either. Shut all. up. Go. <laughs> Shut up. Go where? I don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into that, even a little. I, uh, there's a bunch of stuff out there. So go ahead and read it. You won't be disappointed. A lot of all the, a lot of the stuff was talked about in the show and all that shit. The stallion who mounts the world never really happened. So there's a lot of speculation there. When Danny first visits uh, Vase Dothrak and eats a stallion's heart, the Dosh Kaleen prophesizes about the stallion who will mount the world. Yeah, it's going to be Danny. Right. Is she a stallion? Maybe. Or do they mean, is the dragon the stallion? And she's riding it? I mean, there's a but, lot of different things. Well, I mean... The prince will be fierce as a storm. His enemies will tremble, and their wives will weep tears of blood. So, Damn. Damn. I guess we'll find out. But hopefully that uh, satiates some of the prophecy talk you were asking for. But... Um, do you have any crazy predictions going forward? Is there, is there anything else we want to talk about before we uh, say goodnight to these people? My predictions is still Jamie kills Cersei and then it becomes awesome again. Um, the Hound and the Brotherhood Without Banners are going to somehow hook up with Jon Snow yep. and fight for the Starks, which I'm really excited about. Um, Sans and Jon are going to have some type of rift between them, which I've already predicted before, but I will predict it again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Jonathan Marginson predicted this, and I, somebody I work with told me we were having a conversation about Game of Thrones, and they predicted this to me, but I'm kind of high on it now, is that Euron Greyjoy is going to go to Cersei now that he realizes that Theon and Yara went to Danny, and he's going to try to make an alliance with her and probably marry her. So I think that's a possibility. I like it. I think that Cersei meets her death at the hands of her brother. I think that's going to happen because... I think Maggie the Frog is uh, four for four, uh, four for five right now, and I think the fifth one's coming. So I think that's going to be the end of Cersei, and I think it's going to have something to do with Jamie. I think Jamie's going to make it through the season and become a different guy. He's going to something else is going to happen with him. I don't know if Danny reaches the shores of Westeros unmolested by either the sea or Euron Greyjoy, because that would mean that there's really no fight to be had at Westeros. Because it doesn't take long. To cross the narrow sea. This isn't crossing the Pacific Ocean. So, I mean, I know they're in crappier ships, but she's going to get to Westeros pretty fast, guys. And uh, I don't know how much of a contention she's going to have. So I have to believe that 
that means we're going to start seeing some shades of what's going on with the Night King. I think that'll be towards the end of the season and how they're going to have to deal with that. Uh, I'm thinking that... I'm wondering, you know, all this... We, we were all so excited about the heritage of Jon Snow. What does it mean? It means that what he's is, a prince was promised. God. Okay, that's my point. So in other words, all of this shit about Jon Snow's heritage, actionably, it doesn't really matter. Does it? As long as he's still fighting for the Northern Woman to win. It just matters in our hearts. <laughs> it does matter. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I'm not a fucking robot. But I'm just saying it's going to have to matter more than that because George R. R. Martin wouldn't just do that. They'd be like, isn't that neat? I think it's going to play into the prophecies in one way or another. It's going to alter his relationship with the North. And I think it might even alter his relationship with uh, Danny Targaryen. And I'm curious as to how that's going to go. I'm really interested in the, in the dragon will have three heads thing. If there is a third Targaryen, that's fucking cool. I want to know who it's going to be. Some say maybe Tyrion is the Lannister kids and Cersei and Jamie are fucking Targaryens. Who the oh, fuck knows? There's all kinds of crazy shit. Why is it like incest and so the Targaryens? Maybe. Sister fuckers, all of them. Good Lord. <laughs> but lots of cool stuff coming. In closing, I just want to thank everybody who decided to sit through it this year. Uh, we had a blast talking about it. Hopefully my talks of evil and rape on the hierarchy of terrible deeds does not scare you away. And uh, you come back next year for more. I had a blast. I think it's time to say goodbye to these good people. We will miss you. Make sure you check out our other podcasts by going to LibertyStreetGeek.net. Jessica, tell these good people goodbye. Everyone, this has been wonderful and a lot of fun. I have looked forward to doing this pretty much every Monday night for however, 10 weeks. Um, in this Friday night, I will miss it in our fun chats and discussing this crazy show. Um, now we have to wait a long time to do it again. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty depressing, it's but pretty it's, depressing. Been, it's been good. And we appreciate you guys. You've it's been, been awesome. Fun. And this has been a fun episode to do. We didn't do this last season, which is too bad, but I had a blast. We're going to catch you guys on the flip side. We're going to, we're going to go out, uh, and, uh, enjoy the rest of the evening and the rest of the weekend. And we will see you guys way out there on the internet. Thanks guys. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.